Warning, this podcast contains scenes of explicit nonsense and lore. Previously on the Resident Evil podcast. Toy Uncle sounds a little bit creepy, doesn't it? I think this is the moment of the game where you have to go around to various areas like the pharmacy and whatnot and collect the items to make the train car move. I have very strong feelings, but I must qualify everything I say by the fact that, yeah, up until today, I'd avoided the details. I'm still torn, I think, on what I'm expecting. It's obviously, much like thinking about the previous remake, it's kind of like there's a lot of reimagining. It's still relatively young, but she's got a wealth of experience and confidence. And she, well, she's no civvy, after all. So... <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Resident Evil podcast, returning once again to a city that I think, I think's had a number of Biohazard games set before in, in the past. I'm Nick, and thankfully we do not have a Neptune-less podcast, which is nice. So let's see who's joining us today. He's recently completed his 3,000-page mythology, Never Leave the Batcave Without It, it's Batman. Evening. He may be a tyrant, but for this podcast only, he's everyone's nemesis, it stars Tyrant. Truly. Hello. <laughs> He's back once again, promoting Resident Evil 3 on a website, and for that proper 90s authenticity, he's also made a Spice Girls mixtape. It's Rombie! Oh yeah. (laughs) And finally, his name is plastered all over some of the most iconic locations in Biohazard, the most wanted posters in the RPD. It's George Trevor. Good evening, hi. Coming up on today's podcast, we will be looking at all the latest Resident Evil news, both gaming and site news, including the announcement of our Resident Evil 7 giveaway competition. But of course, we're going to be mainly focusing on Resident Evil 3 Remake, which has come out quite recently. Much, much to discuss, I'm sure everyone will agree. But we will obviously be finishing off with another edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz. So without further ado, let's start with the news... We are going to zip through the news because there's so much to come in Resident Evil 3. But the first bit of news obviously was that Resident Evil 3 Remake was released on the 3rd of April. few locations actually got it a tad early. So sadly quite a lot of the game was actually leaked and or streamed well before the release date on uh, on, on the 3rd of April. Uh, anyone who did stay spoiler free, well done to you. Probably took quite some effort, so well done. Scores were varied and uh, we'll discuss them obviously in our main feature. But we saw lots of 9s and 10s, but also all the way down to five and a, well, 5.8 out of 10, 58 out of 100 as well being positioned so quite a lot of varied scores from various outlets as well you can also now put your feedback back to Capcom which um, hopefully everyone has had the opportunity to do so I have yes Yes. fill in their questionnaire and you can let Capcom know exactly how you feel about whether you want any more remakes whether you want to turn on the story tap and actually get going with Resident Evil 8 and so forth and what we like, what games you like and and, uh, other factors which um, I'd like to think they consider how long were you doing yours for stars? Uh, it took me all of about three minutes I knew exactly what agenda I was going in with (laughs) 
mostly it's mostly ticking boxes. There's not a lot of yeah. um, right ones in this one. I was going to say, Nick, on the spoiler front thing, very well. We, we should give our uh, Discord members a very good round of applause for being very uh, good with their spoiler discussions and not quite right. We opened up a kind of spoiler forum thread, whatever you want to call them, on Discord, and we let loose at midnight on the third. And fair play to everyone who um, kept quiet for well, in some cases, up to two weeks. So about a week, about a week, wasn't it? So um, well done to them. It's uh, we do love our little community on Discord, and uh, once again showed how awesome they are. Resistance news. Obviously, if you've picked up Resident Evil 3, you can download um, Resident Evil Resistance as well. comes bundled with it. Uh, online only. We'll probably be doing a separate podcast all about Resistance. There's quite a lot to talk about. But the open beta came uh, about a week before the game came out. Initially for Xbox only, due to a couple of technical malfunctions. But eventually came available for Steam and PlayStation 4. You can see how we got on on our YouTube page. More, the more experienced gamers uh, in our little group did a lot better than others, i.e. me. <laughs> I can't bet you by the end we're getting there but you can have a quick check out that that's on our YouTube page as well Jill Valentine will be added to Resistance as a Survivor that's coming out on the 17th and as of today only a couple of hours ago a new roadmap has been released and we've just put that on our Facebook page indicating a new character is due in May a strange silhouette is hinting at who it could be I'm thinking Nikolai it looks Nikolai yeah I would agree I think Nikolai don't know yet if he's a Survivor or whether a uh, he's a mastermind. Uh, June looks interesting because it says it's still it's under construction but it's quite clear that they are supporting this which is a great sign because even if you don't like the game it's good to see that this this is going to have ongoing support throughout 2020. Everyone's had a go what did everyone think? Very very briefly I think it, it's not great but as an online experience that has the Resident Evil name attached to it it's a considerable step up from um, Operation Raccoon City and Umbrella Corps and in that you know I, I enjoy it. It doesn't do anything amazingly new or completely original, um, but it does what it does do well. Good online game for what it is. I find it an addictive experience in that, like, although it does get repetitive quickly, when I'm not playing it, I'm always like itching for just like one more round, if that makes any sense. It does have that sort of pull factor back, but it will require long term support mm-hmm. because those maps are going to get old quite quickly, I think. Yeah, I think the other part of it was that we had a lot of fun playing together as a that kind of knew yeah. each other whereas if you were put with a bunch of randoms it's not always as fun because no, I, yeah that's a good point and we're yet to sort of do like a, a run with the full game aren't we so Rumour mill, slightly reluctant to cover it, but Resident Evil 8 uh, rumours are spreading around the internet at a rapid pace. Uh, Even IGN are starting to cover it, so you will see that there are rumours going around. Resident Evil 8 Village, of all things, if they're really trying to hammer home the use of V-I-I in in, in words to indicate (laughs) it, it's it's getting beyond a bit of a joke. But I don't want to spend too much time because some of it is focused on kind of story leaks. There's rumours going around, Chris could be back, Ethan could be back. That's apparently rumoured for January 2021. I think the interesting thing, without breaking any of the story elements, if you guys heard as well, is that it started development as Revelations 3, I had heard, and due to sort of popularity, I'm not sure, amongst the, the playtesters, sort of transferred, you know, almost we can't, you know, this is too good for a shabby Revelations t- title. Keep an eye out for that. Anything official comes through from Capcom, it will be posted on our news outlets.
couple last bits of news. Laced Records have announced Resident Evil 4 uh, vinyl is coming out as well, which is great. We just have the Resident Evil 3 one has been announced, which should be coming. It should be shipping towards the end of the month, I believe. Surprise, if things get held up a little bit. To yeah, to yeah. But it's good to see Resident Evil 4 is coming as well. So if you're a collector of the vinyls, they do a great package. They always look pretty swish. So um, I'm sure that will sell out rather quickly. Final bit of gaming news, Resident Evil 3 The Board Game is coming, perhaps in unsurprising news, due to the success of Resident Evil 2 The Board Game, a new Kickstarter project has begun uh, with Resident Evil 3. If you think back it now, you get an exclusive Jill Valentine figure to play with, so if you're into the tabletop games, uh, keep an eye out for that. Is that is that Steam Forge as well? Uh, yeah. It'll be um, more so, canon so. than the fucking remake. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, wow, wow. That does finish gaming news. Obviously, the big uh, site news is the competition. As everyone knows, we've been running our giveaway competition, which ended on the 14th of April. Thank you to everyone that entered. You obviously had four entries if you liked the post on Facebook and followed us on Facebook as well. And then you had another two entries if you retweeted the tweet and then followed us on Twitter. That gave you four entries. And I can now announce that the overall winner and uh, the recipient of a signed uh, Biohazard 7 Grotesque version uh, game for Xbox One is... Is Mikey Moat. Congratulations to you. We'll get that sent out to you as soon as possible. Uh, someone from the team will be in contact just to take down your details. Uh, hopefully we'll have some more giveaways as, as the year goes on with some more competitions and so forth. So keep your eyes peeled. Final bit of site news, uh, very briefly, a couple of streams available if you haven't done so already. The, as we were mentioned, the beta for Resistance is up on our YouTube page. We actually did that live on YouTube, which went quite well, so you can check that out. A couple of couple of issues just with the uh, audio, because I think it's supposed to be a party audio. It only picked up your audio, mm-hmm. didn't it, Rob, or something? Unfortunately, yes, I didn't realise that the chat audio didn't stream, so all we can hear is me responding <laughs> to you guys. And the comments, I was reading all the comments out, so you can kind of get the gist and you can kind of just laugh along but next time we do this I'll set up a proper party knowing now that this well we, live, we live, live and we learn live and we learn I've returned to the murky world of Resident Evil Zero uh, in, in easy mode despite that we still have the very predictable outcomes of death so feel free to check that out and uh, <laughs> Sean you've also streamed some dead aim you've been testing out your PS2 emulation hang on a minute, hang on a minute Nick we're not having you skip that did you want to tell everyone how you got killed in one of your zero streams well it was the it was the it was the chess puzzle <laughs> the, the nasty chess puzzle kept suffocating my characters <laughs> I love how it's characters and it's pluralized, like kitsch suffocating. They do. Can you actually get out in time? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, okay. You reset the puzzle by leaving the room. Ah, well, there we go. (laughs) That didn't happen either, but yeah, so you can check that out. But I will finish zero at some point. That does conclude our site news, but we now turn our ghoulish attention to the brand new remake that is Resident Evil 3. This pandemic has spread faster than any disease in modern history. This is first, 
are bracing for more rioting tonight. He was knocked unconscious. Uh, Citywide emergency has been declared. The CDC has quarantined the lower Midwestern region of the U.S. Commitment, honesty, integrity, these are the core values that create the foundation for Umbrella. It's this foundation that will continue to build a brighter future for all of us. here, very much anticipated and expected after the near universal praise of Remake 2. The finale of the PlayStation trilogy has now been remade for the 21st century. In many ways, the task facing this remake was harder than what the OG game faced back in 1999. Whilst Resident Evil 2 was beloved already after its 1998 release, the original Resident Evil 3 introduced a sway of new features. The quick turn, the dodge, live selection, random item and enemy placement, sprawling story and a relentless BOW that made Mr. X look like a pussycat. Resident Evil 3 Remake not only had to repeat this trick, but do so against the backdrop of Resident Evil 2 Remake, which saw a refined over-the-shoulder survival horror experience, Game of the Year nominations, as well as generally having the fans' nostalgia glasses well and truly filled. Plus, a Mr. X jack so high up on catnip, he was a flaming tiger. How could the nemesis, and by extension the entire game, compete? What new ideas can Remake 3 bring to the table, and can it successfully manage that slight dial turn on the action while still retaining the quintessential survival horror feel. Let's find out. Brief impressions, please. Stars Tyrant. Hang on a minute, Nick. I've got to prepare myself for this one, so just, just, just all bear with me. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> right. What did um, I think of that? <laughs> there's so much to say. I will say I had a fun experience with it playing as a game. I think the dodge mechanic is an, a really neat, wonderful addition, and I think for, I don't know, about two-thirds, it's a mostly clever modern retelling of resident evil 3 and if you look deep into it like you can actually see how they've you know put like a modern spin on many of the events that are in the game however post the hospital section is a game and a story that missteps so hard i can't recall a ball drop this fatal in a resident evil game for such a long time to the point where it derailed the entire experience for me i think the last sort of third is absolutely woeful to be honest and uh, yeah we'll get into it uh, i'm gonna drink some more while you guys carry on so <laughs> Fine. uh batman do we share a more positive view on remake 3 I did enjoy it. It's a stunning looking game. When I played through it the first time, must admit when I got to the end of it, there was a sense of disbelief because there was a lot of crazy set pieces from Resident Evil 6 in there. The final third of the game appeared to take place in something more akin to the Nostromo from Alien rather than the uh, the Dead Factory from Resident Evil 3 with your alien queen as the final boss. Um, 
but there was a lot of good stuff there I enjoyed. I enjoyed a lot of the new files. I really liked the subplot with Nathaniel Bard. I liked Tyrell's increased role. I thought the characters were really well done in general. The remix soundtrack was cool as well, and it was just disappointing. The game seemed to be split into basically a lot of set pieces, and the only sort of free-roaming part, if you like, was essentially the area of the demo that we played. But I did enjoy it. I still haven't completely made my mind up on it yet. I've been through it twice now. I don't really know where I'm going to place it at this stage, but I did enjoy it. But there are things in there that I really didn't like as well, but we'll get to that. Rumby? Kind of really similar. Real mixed bag for me. It took me a long time after finishing it the first time to kind of even decompress from what I just experienced. <laughs> kind of the same way. I just kind of had to like take it all in and go, okay, there's definitely stuff that is really enjoyable and is really good. And there's definitely stuff that is really horrible and not really good. And it's trying to work out how much of certain things. Obviously the reviews early on, once the reviews started hitting, were like, oh, the length's short. Length of the game isn't a problem. But then I start thinking about the pacing and the tone and where things end up and what things are missing. And those are all very important things to kind of think about countering to what things are good. Characterization I really enjoyed. Um, some of the new surprises were really good. Some of the things I had concerns about weren't actually problems at all and things that I thought would be sensible and in there were missing and they were the bigger issues. So it was a very mixed bag. I think it would be an easy thing to say as we go through the game. We'll be able to nitpick and pull at the things that we liked and the things that we didn't like so much. George Trevor? Um, can somebody please tell me if I like this game? Because I, I, I'm confused. I, I thought I did. And then I had a Facebook exchange with Sean, who made me realise I don't like it as much as I, I do. I do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, sure. Your negativity. No, but no. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't, no. He kind of sort of woke me up to some things. Because, you know, I always go back to the fact that, I mean, thank God I wasn't using the internet in, was Resident Evil 4 2004? Yeah, because I, I think I would have been thrown out of all the forums. I mean, that was the huge, you know, emotional letdown for me, massive letdown by Capcom. And I kind of almost feel I've been sort of beaten into submission to kind of just be more open minded. I, I took all of my enthusiasm for the demo into the main game. And, and yeah, you're right. Kind of that really is the only kind of open area that makes you feel like you're really sort of free to explore. I did enjoy the, the extended role of the UBCS. You know, I think a lot of guys got sort of more emotional backstories that made, you know, their passing or, or you know, when, when you're with them, uh, a lot more sort of engaging. I mean, it's, it's fascinating that a game that was designed in 1999 still can provide you the hospital as one example with just far more depiction of the carnage which just for me was lacking from that hospital area so again mixed bag highs and lows i get batman i really enjoyed some of the files i thought they were definite improvement on the remake of two but again i just i don't like this game design where you're kind of completing one section and then you move on to the next beginning sections the raccoon city i, just, I think look absolutely stunning you know the fire the buildings just just everything looks, looks beautiful yeah, I'd agree. It's certainly one of the uh, best-looking games I've I've played in, in in a long time. The lighting's particularly good. From my point of view, um, it's interesting to see what uh, Rombi was saying about you finish it and you kind of go, "Do you like?" You know, the instant reaction. Do you like it? And you go, "I don't know." And that's the kind of reaction I had when I came out of like seeing the Last Jedi. It's like it, it's that I think I like it, but I'm not quite sure why or at what particular point. But then there's definitely points I didn't like, and it, it, it is quite hard at times to narrow it down. But when you stop and think, you can go, "No, that." 
didn't like that, didn't like that. But I didn't have much of an issue as with it as perhaps people thought I would, if I can say that. I actually enjoyed quite a lot of the game. And certainly, I think just about the highs outweigh the lows, just. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about specifically why um, I, I feel that way and what, what the particular highs are. But there are lows, and they are the lowest of the low. But the highs make, in my opinion, just just top it. So we can we can look at some of the, those particular points. It, it, it's it's still a bit like what Batman said. It's, it's still kind of settling in as to exactly where this where this game will fit in the long run. I think what we want to do because we are we are a positive Resident Evil outlet. We're going to start with we are no we are we are. We, 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 I was about I was about to say Nick. To, to be honest, like I was going to say there'll be a bunch of people who who, who, who there's a few people out there who've complained that we're been quite negative in the past. Um, I was going to say, I'm sure they're listening to all this and going, oh god, here they go again. <laughs> <laughs> but I honestly have to say, I think this is one thing I should have said this before, is that I don't think I've been this conflicted about a video game for a long time. Mm. Not Resident, just Resident Evil, but a game. Like, I'm super conflicted, and I don't know where I quite sit. Even no, that's now, fair like, I'm thinking about it, so... You see, yeah, I mean, I, I find that quite surprising, Rob, because it's not, it, you know, it's no secret to say that you are you often do have the most balanced opinion of, of like all of us on here you know you can find merit in you know when i'm having an absolute meltdown about something you can find a bit of merit and offer a balanced viewpoint so to hear you actually say that about this is quite surprising really i can understand that even though i'm kind of like yeah, this is not my usual stance but i think <laughs> I, I think i think i just feel like the bits it gets right i really enjoy but the bits that it really doesn't get right it's not that they're just bad it's kind of disappointing you know like that's the yeah right just go oh down you know? i would i would say unlike perhaps our remake 2 review podcast where we were really i i think quite nitpicking because the game was so was generally pretty good overall and we all ranked it very highly and so perhaps sometimes when we're speaking about it we're going well i didn't like this particular point in the grand scheme of things it's very nitpicky but you know that's what that's what we do as as fans of the series this game i think has more bigger faults which you know if if you if you're just talking about well i didn't you know i didn't particularly like the fact that you know the zombies were a bit easy you know that you know that's a valid point but if that was the only issue you're still going to love it it's that there's lots of bigger faults but as i said we're going to start with some positives and something which improved over Remake 2 by 10 times the characters and their characterization and portrayal in the game itself. So let's start with the leading lady, Jill Valentine. Carlos, it's Jill. Do you read me? Loud and clear. You alright? Yeah. Bastard's dead. Good. Fuck him. What were you thinking? Turning yourself into bait. You could have been killed. Don't start. I did what I had to. I know. And thanks. The subway's ready to go. Do I need to say one of the best Jills ever portrayed in any of the games? I would agree, yeah. Excellent hands down in terms of a voice actress and the way she looked and the way she acted. And I, I played through my second run through with the original Stars uniform and bloody hell, it's it's perfect really. It's absolutely wonderful. And I think it's one of those things, isn't it? Because she's 23, but she's been through a hell of a lot, been through the match and incident. 
she's a, a super cop, as Carlos explains. So she knows what she's doing, and she doesn't take kindly to being told what to do. But at the same time, it's that degree of vulnerability to an extent, that accepting of the help of UBCS, and and, and getting and getting that across throughout the duration of the game. I think the, the script for her is perfect, even if she's perhaps a bit I don't know, a bit flavoursome with some of the language. But we're okay. That's that's that seems to be a yeah, trait of the, some of the newer games. But fantasy in this game. <clears throat> I think there's a great sort of development with her though, because like in the early stages of the, uh, the story, she's like, you know, you can see she's knocking the rust off because of she's been in solitary confinement and that, and then uh, in her apartment, and then by the end of it, she is channeling. And you know, this is not the first time we'll probably mention aliens today, but it really is like channeling Ripley in Aliens by the end. It, and, that, and I say that as a total compliment. You know, it's it's a great little arc she goes through from being this sort of PTSD rusty super cop and by the end she's an absolute hero and it's a it's, it's a it's a wonderful little it's it's so much of a step up from how you know badly mishandled i found the characters in to make were i do genuinely think this is one of the finest finest jewels we've had in the series well that's what i loved was you know that kind of respect for the mansion incident when, when we start with, with jill you know like you say the ptsd um, is evident and yeah it, it's just really good that you know because i i really enjoyed those viral videos we got before resident evil 5 you know showing you um you know the psychological turmoil that chris was going through you know those live action viral yes they were good weren't they yeah and you get kind of a throwback to that you know with jill in her apartment i loved the i'm sure we all did i loved the apartment just the little kind of easter eggs you know the, the letter from brad i mean he's really being redeemed in this isn't he and i'm sure i wasn't the first to notice that the sigourney uh, sign Mm-hmm. As you, yeah, as you, as you leave, and I kind of, you know, like, I think that's obviously a nod because it must be purposeful. The, the design, I actually enjoyed, you know, the the, the designs that that kind of that little nod to Alien. Maybe not necessarily the gameplay that went hand in hand with that. It def- definitely off to a strong start. I think would we all agree? It just makes a big difference over the original version. I think and just that that whole opening sequence. Anyway, like it's such a if they the technology was able to do it in 1999 and they had the time and the budget, they probably would have done something on the start of the game. But instead, you know, they just had Jill flying out of some doors and taking some zombies like that's just that's how that game started this is this the opening is definitely a, a very good and there guide capturing stuff how often have we lamented on these podcasts the lack of environmental storytelling in in the recent games and in this one in the first five minutes in the same room you get that lovely map with all the post-it notes to explore you get four files you know in the opening five minutes and i oh, just wish Plus the other games were like this yeah. and characterization too on top of that you get exactly, yeah you feel heartbroken for Jill when you see her apartment and you see like all the medication she's on how ruined her life is and I don't think they've ever really explored in great detail just how ruined these characters lives must be having to deal with this shit the amount they do you know Resident Evil's very good at sort of being uplifting and presenting a heroic side of our characters but really their existence outside of like, you know bioterrorist attacks and you know mansion disasters and cities falling it must be awful like what they must go through when finally they go back to their home with nothing to do I, I think though that the said this felt more believable than say how Chris starts in Resident Evil 6 for example like it didn't it didn't it didn't feel earned you know what I mean? Like him drinking and all this sort of stuff. It didn't, you could believe it as an idea, but it didn't feel like they'd set it up properly. Whereas here, I feel like we know the weight of what's happened and then we see this and then we know she's stuck in this place and she knows where she's being watched and she, you know she's dealing with what's happened. And I think it just works the little environmental clue kind of all built into it and the files and all that sort of stuff. It works really, really well. Interestingly, I got a um, Leon at the end of Damnation vibe from part of it. You know, when he's just in his um, apartment 
apartment, just completely disillusioned with what's just happened. That was a really good point by Stars about in, in terms of you know actually seeing on screen the turmoil that that you know these episodes have have, have, have you know, taken their toll on the characters. I mean, I spent a good half an hour in in, in Jill's apartment, and you know there's a danger with with some of these characters that that we that are absolutely beloved becoming cartoonish, you know, because we're not seeing the effects that that these you know bioterrorism is having on them. So yeah, no, I, I, I like that point, and and I really enjoyed the fact that that was very and, clear. And you know, without jumping too far ahead George I know you, you're yet to see it but this is one of the reasons why the final fucking section of the game just hurts me so much because I see essentially a lot of a lot of this hard work is undone by the final sequence I, like George I was like quite happy just to spend a lot of time in Jill's apartment and just have a, a good look around if you have a look some people have missed it her berets on the shelf you can um, have, mm. a, have a good look at that and then as you said four, four, as Bat says four files to have a good read have a good look at the map and I love the fact that it was in first person I think that's yes. a nice touch and a little throwback to seven there's a couple of really nice um, character cameos because uh, there is a there's some photos where you can pretty much see what you assume to be is a young Chris. Um, there's Claire that looks like in one of the pictures. Yes. Jill is there with her dog at one point in one of them. You know, the beloved dog that replaced her boyfriend. In a... I don't know why there's a Neil Fisher lookalike on a desk, though. What is all that about? Oh, I didn't see that. It's as soon as she wakes up after the, the nightmare. Photo, yeah. Oh, it looks, like... it looks just like Neil Fisher. I don't, I don't know why. It's, it's Apparently, bizarre. that that same picture turns up somewhere else in the game, but it's crossed out. Oh, I don't okay. know what the relevance there is. So that someone posted up. So, um, so if you look at the top of the donut menu, there is a neat nod to a collection, and it's not a confirmation that fucking future remakes are on the way. But there is a uh, on the top of the donut menu. It says revival selection, which was obviously the um, the code Veronica X HD and RE4 HD pack in Japan go okay, there we go start your conspiracy theories now no absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> shoot them down shoot them down was revival selection one of those options <laughs> I suppose we could carry on talking about Jill's apartment, but the the way I said the way Jill kind of progresses through the game, she meets up with Carlos, and as soon as she works out who the hell he is, she's like going off at him, going, "But you're the ones that caused all this," you know, which of course happens in the original game. But um, I think we're a bit bit disappointed it was kind of done on the fly, wasn't it? Actually, there's the kind of walking through the subway. Um, there could have been a quite a great scene, but I'm 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 happy with it. It, progr- it moves everything along, and it's not as if you can't go back to some of these places. You do get to go back there later, so um, it's not used like a, a, a linear point, if you like, just to progress from A to B, and then that's the kind of end of it. There's there's still that kind of area, still part of like a, a hub area, which I think works quite well. But yeah, o- overall, I, I I thought Jill was exceptional um, in the way she was handled. I mean, let's she she can take a hit. Let's 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 not beat around the bush here. The amount of times she was either shot by the nemesis with a rocket launcher, fell a hundred feet off a burning skyscraper, and lives to tell the tale. She must be. Um, she must be taking the same stuff that Chris takes to uh, pump his eye uh, to pump his biceps up. But man, uh, <laughs> don't we? Because just before one of the, the the second to last Nemesis battle, you know, the, the camera pans on her, and she's really she's really beaten up. It just reminded me, you know, I mean, back in the day with the, the Resident Evil one point five that you know was designed to sort of where the characters were going to show, you know, throughout the game, their their clothes being ripped, and but yeah, you know, scars and scratches, and she's dirt all over her, and uh, yeah, again, just a, like just a little thing but helps you to engage with you know with the story as you're playing along i think someone said she wouldn't have survived barely any of it i think if, if you're shoot, shot that close to a rocket launcher even if the, the rocket launcher has missed you the sheer power and the heat and the energy that would emanate from said explosion <laughs> would probably rip your skin off but you know we're in a video game 
So we'll let it off. We'll let it off. I think Jill was a positive, and a good part of Jill's progression and story arc also helps. It is directly linked to Carlos, who I suppose in the original was a bit of comic relief, inappropriate comic relief perhaps at times. I know we've spoken before about how he doesn't really look like Carlos, but my God, what an improvement he is as a character in this game. Well, I thought he was brilliant, and as you said, George, earlier, the expansion of the UBCS really helped Carlos as a character. Hey, what do you know about that monster? Nothing. I've never seen anything like it. But it's no zombie. It knows what it wants and won't stop till it gets it. Don't you like that in a man? No thanks. He's all yours. <laughs> Listen, I promise you're in good hands. I'm with the Umbrella Biohazard Countermeasure Service. UBCS was short. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You guys are the ones who caused all of this. Whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking about? We're just here to help people. What's wrong with Umbrella? What's wrong with Umbrella? Oh my god. Your company is responsible for infecting everyone! Yeah. I don't know anything about all that. I would somewhat agree, but he he dangerously become just a sort of stoic, tough guy. It's a good thing they do lighten him with a little bit of humour here and there, because without that, I do think he would just become, you know, stoic action hero. I think part of Carlos's appeal was always that goofy charm, and there's just enough of that in here yeah. that still sells it somewhat. But, I, you know, on the whole, I would say, yeah, he's a really good iteration of Carlos and so much of an improvement from his previous ones in Umbrella Chronicles. And uh, or <laughs> been a character that's been so badly treated over the years. I think he gets to the realisation where I think he picks up the file from the mansion incident and then he it kind of dawns on him, doesn't it, that, you know, Jill's helping them out, even though she knows everything about Umbrella. She knew all along, and she trusted me anyway. Fuck! I just thought he was really likable throughout. I didn't think he was that cocky, really. And he had, like, a nice naivety to him because, you know, he could tell he obviously had a little bit of a thing for Jill, but at the same time he just had genuine respect for what she could do. I thought, again, credit to his voice actor. I thought his voice actor was really good. Like George said in the last episode, doesn't exactly sound South American, but he was very good throughout. And I liked his relationship with Tyrell as well. I thought that was really well done. And some of Carlos's sections, I would say both the RPD section and the hospital section are probably better done in the remake than in the original for me yeah, I'd agree. probably agree with that, yeah. And I, I genuinely laugh out loud when um, Tyrell calls him Romeo at one point when they're talking about Jill. Yes. <laughs> it is T. T, what's going on? <laughs> but actually, that's a good point. We can t- we can, we can can talk about Carlos with the UBCS as well because I think I think everyone hoped that there'll be a bit more expansion with them. Because they're, cause they're yes not... and no, isn't it? They've given and taken away as well. Well, the, the, the characters are more fleshed out and in a, in, a, in a sense a little bit more sort of clearly defined and, you know, better acted because their roles are a little bit more substantial but they've taken away like the supervisor or monitor subplot and like Mikhail doesn't get his really amazing monologue which defines a lot of his character if you if you go back and visit him and get that special cutscene in Resident Evil 3 and then take him back to the train car in the original version you get a really good monologue about his history and his past and it's really wonderful and you don't get any of that in this and I do think Tyrell and Nikolai not being or not mentioned as being supervisors or monitors in this is, is is a blow to the law. Good work. Your reputation is well deserved. Get inside. The subway's about to leave. 
Carlos, Tyrell, you have your orders. You need to go back out into the city and find Nathaniel Bart. This isn't the last man out of town, right? Do not worry. Once the civilians are safe, the train will be back. It's all right. You're going ahead. I'm not going to die on you and leave you in a cold, cruel, Carlosless world. Okay. I would agree. I mean, Tyrell especially is, is not a monitor in this. I mean, I kept expecting him to sort of maybe turn on Jill and Carlos towards the end because there's still little hints there, like when they go to track Dr. Bard at the police station and Tyrell's like, yeah, we need to take him into custody and Carlos seems genuinely confused at that, as if Tyrell knows more than he's letting on, but yeah. it obviously becomes apparent later on that he's just another, you know, he's just another standard good guy. And I think Sean's right. I think that does harm the law a little bit, but it was good it's to one see of those things. And it was. You know, it's, it's nice that we have more supporting characters like that. I mean, you know he's going to die, but it's it's nice that you sort of the game gives you enough of an opportunity to get to know him and get to like him before killing him off. Because the problem I had with some of the characters, especially Brad, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Brad soon, but the trailers set it up to make it appear like Brad was going to get a bit more of an expanded role, and I was really disappointed because it's just a blink and you miss it thing, really. And even with the characters in general, it became apparent playing through it a second time that even though the cutscenes and the script is really well done, there's not enough of it. You know, Mikhail's hardly in it. You know, Murphy is just another blink and you miss it scene. Mm. And even Nikolai, Nikolai's barely in the game either. He, um, he probably has something like six minutes total screen time and that's it. Yeah, and it's so disappointing because it, it's, it is a really good voice cast. It's probably some of the best voice acting ever in Resident Evil, I think, you know, mm. consistently throughout the whole cast. And even the dialogue is really good. It's not, you no, know, it's not particularly cheesy. It's not spectacular, but it's really good. But there's just not enough of it. This is my issue, uh, probably first and foremost, is it kind of is the pace the pace is wrong it is very uneven like there's lots of good stuff but they don't take enough time to kind of soak it in or develop it where it's needed yeah and it's, it's okay. consistent that is a very consistent thing Brad Dario uh, Nikolai Mikhail like aside from Carlos Tyrell and Jill like everyone else kind of suffers somewhat when we first got the game during that sort of week it came out I started playing it and Nick asked me how far I'd got in our chat that we used to arrange this podcast and and I said, 35 minutes in, I'm probably at the same place I would be doing a casual run of the original game, which would be about the two-hour mark. It, it just literally lightning paces through. It, it's a Cliff Notes version of the game, that's for sure. And you get that so much in the cutscenes, don't you? You know, even even well, the Murphy well, the thing yeah. for me was, was shocking that, like, I think I said this to you guys beforehand, because obviously I started playing it at midnight here, which was early in the year, and I said 25 minutes in, and I'm like, oh, I'm at the point of the demo. I was just like, holy crap, like, it, it's like good that there's a lot going on, and it's exciting and interesting, and what's been done is visually amazing and stuff, but then you realise all of a sudden you've lost all this stuff, like character moments and beats and potential to showcase the downfall of the city, which is a character in itself, and it's kind of there, but it's so glossed over, it looks pretty, it looks amazing, but it's so gone, here it is, there it is, you know, it's gone, like, I'm like, whoa, how much am I taking in, you know? Mm. It's not because I'm choosing to ignore it, it's because the game forces you to go through it in such a pace and you even get like the moment like um you know john just mentioned murphy uh, you know and, and when you saw like the, the promotional material and you got like a character bio for murphy and stuff like that you actually assumed that he's gonna have an arc of some sort or you know a bit more of a character beat and it's a bit heartbreaking to sort of say and anyone who's played it will know now he gets considerably more you know content in the original version of three even though they basically recreate the scene where nikolai kills him if you've gone that path to the pharmacy in the original 
version. But the actual scene in Remake 3 is like 25 seconds long, and that's it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's here yeah. and gone. Can you be CS? Yeah, careful, careful. Come on, don't look at me like that, all right? I'm not an effective. No, 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 wait, please! What the fuck? He was infected. He might have been infected. All stars this soft. No wonder so many of you dead. And what are you, UBCS, killing your own people? He would have turned. There's your sense of self-preservation. Go back to the subway station. We don't need a bleeding heart like you getting in the way. Just like you that. Get more, you get more characterization out of the file that is left behind than him as a character. And even then, that feels like a consolation prize for not just having the opportunity going, hey, we've got this other chance to remake this game. Let's flesh out things a bit more wherever possible. I mean, th th this is something that we kind of said about Remake 2 is that it had cut back the story to a very bare bones thing. But realistically, the entire narrative is still there. Like, the beats happen that need to happen for certain things sure the details are not as grand as perhaps the original but everything was there it didn't feel like things had been removed or reduced but here it feels like even things that were in the original have been reduced just to make things like tick boxes we're gonna have dario in here okay cool gotta that gotta have murphy in here tick that box gotta have this happen tick that box oh remember that puzzle with the fire hose that's a really good one let's tick that box yeah and it was like that it felt like that for a lot of the game where it's like the the bits that excelled well were the bits that allowed a bit of breathing time that still allowed the set pieces still allowed all the things but just gave a moment to just like soak it in RPD you know all that sort of stuff one of the things that surprised me the most is how it's just how divided people are on Nikolai this iteration of his character, people either love it or hate it. I'm actually in the middle. I actually think it's voiced and performed really, really well, but I don't care for the direction they took the character in in the final third. Yeah, he's slightly, slightly more nuanced, perhaps, in the original. He was mysterious. He, he wasn't openly bad. You only really... I mean, you, you obviously had your suspicions it's a Resident Evil game, but you know, it only revealed its forefront of, of, of his malice, if you like, by the time you kind of got to the park, didn't you, and, and you got into little hut and you kind of and the conspiracy unravel whereas this game he just walks up to Murphy and just goes bang oh he's gonna die was he okay <laughs> which doesn't necessarily make him evil no thing but then it's immediately shortly after things start to unravel very quickly which again is this whole thing about pacing the game just has to rush to everything and it becomes very apparent that, that, like, all of a sudden, like, you get back to the train and there's the whole thing with Mikhail and he's like, mm, you know, he's throwing accusations at Nikolai and, like, his attitude when you come back as well earlier with, and talk to Carlos when the nemesis turns up and Jill uses herself as bait. Like, it throws all pretense out the window and immediately goes, right, this is a remake. We think you've already played the original. You know Nikolai's a bad guy, so we're not going to even yeah. bother sugarcoating it. Like, even though there'll be plenty of people who may never play the original and this is the first time that they're playing three and you're almost somewhat of a little bit of a disservice you've got this great characterization going on and great acting but you're kind of missing the opportunities to kind of again expand like that kind of breathe and characters to be even more formed because you've got a great opportunity here there does seem to be almost like a, a focus on what to include as opposed to how to include it yes i've yes. I very much felt that it's like it was a checklist of you know almost like cliches of you know what made what was great about resident evil 3 the original and you know we, we must include it but 
perhaps not more thought and consideration into how it's going to be included into what clearly is, you know, more of a reimagining rather than a remake. So yeah, we've got all those sort of character beats from and, and, and story beats from the past, but not sort of implemented in, in, you know, in a consistent way throughout the game, which I think may, may be sort of causing some of the confusion and maybe why initially I was quite, sort of quite pleased and, and excited by certain features because they are, they are throwbacks to the original, but then perhaps more on, on a second playthrough and a more sort of deeper thought about, you know, how am I really engaging with this game? It, it starts to fall flat a bit because yeah, you, you've checked, you've ticked the box, but yeah. realistically, I started thinking, okay, because a lot of people were like immediately like, oh well, the cocktail's not the same and the park's gone. But the more I sat down, I thought about it. There's there's way more than that. So like the study hall's pretty much gone. The clock towers, obviously, the interior's all gone. The park's gone. The cemetery's gone. The dead factory's become another another lab. The gas station's pretty much it's a location, but you don't really visit it. The grave digger's obviously gone, and the underground parts of that kind of small bit. The newspaper office is pretty much become that part of the lower part of the construction but not really and pretty much all the game's puzzles are gone mercenaries is gone jill doesn't visit the rpd uh you know like most of the weapons the mixture of ammunition like the freeze rounds all that sort of stuff are all gone and you start to realize that these things are what made up the city especially and the pacing and all that sort of stuff this is i think where it goes horribly wrong it's like what we've talked about they've created these set pieces and moved the puzzle pieces around and really worked on the pace and the length isn't an issue like sure you can have short games but it's about what's not there and what's not happening more than, than it is about the length or, or whatever I think and I said to you before is the reason why I was kind of felt disappointed is like you when you see it doing really good things and things you, you feel disappointed that the things that they're not doing aren't being done you know like the things that could have been done just as well or better are not there and I think that's to me is the, the, the biggest crime about it when we sit there and we go oh the characters are good and this is great and the visuals are amazing and stuff and you're just like oh the, there's so much opportunity here for it to be even better than it is. Well, I think actually what you said is probably probably spot on. You know, for a lot of the things, if you look on paper, do you see that? Da- do you see Dario? Does he go into a truck? Yes. Does Mur- is Murphy killed by Nikolai? Yes. And there's so many things that are there on paper, but it does the game struggles a bit with the pacing, and it it doesn't get the chance to breathe, to explore, to make that moment more poignant. So Dario is over yeah. in a second. You know, it's like oh, there, Dario, get me in. Bye. See you later. And it's like well, actually, he's there the whole game. You can come back later for the optional file from him, and you know, and see his demise if you like. So th- th- it's there, but it's not perhaps there in spirit, should I say? You know, the pharmacy, the pharmacy's there, but you you just. Pick up some you know you just get a code for the safe and then you're out again and you know that the garage you know the kind of garage is there and you've got lots of recognizable haunts but you know you don't stop at the stagler and you know the importance of the stagler but in the og game was that you know nikolai's there as a goodie at that point really he's kind of mysteriously exploring but you know he's not he's not you know being overtly bad either so that there is pacing issues and the game is at its best when it does slow down a bit so the demo for example that the whole exploration of the downtown area is probably is probably one of the better moments because you do have the chance before Nemesis turns up to be able to have a look around and explore what's going on you know go into some of the shops how small and inconsequential is it really no no it is it it doesn't feel like yeah I get what you're saying Nick it's it's in the comparison to what the rest of the game is look on it I think that's the thing and I I, want to say this and I think we've talked about this a little bit previously but if you take the demo if you play the demo of this that they released it gives a false reading of what the actual final game is I agree because the demo is not 
what the final game is. The demo is just what that part of the game is, and that's the only part of the game that's like that. It's yeah. really weird. Yeah, there should have been more. I mean, we'll come on to the, we'll come on to the Nemesis more. So uh, the last kind of major character we just wanted to quickly talk about is just uh, Batman talked about it as well, Brad, and whether he was done with any saving grace. Door behind you, go! We know how this ends. No, I don't. Are we still a team? Always. Then do me a favor. Don't fuck up like I do. Go! I'm sorry, Brad. You know, is Barjack there? Yes, but is it there? No, not really. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but again, his character too. There's some really great character development that he didn't get in the original, yeah. and it's really awesome. But he's it's so brief that you're like, ah, oh, you know. I I want to point this out, and this is not to be a spoiler going here it, but I kind of want to say it. Is this like in the original, like they've given the connection to Carlos and the RPD thing to put him in the right place because that makes sense narratively in this version. But now it takes away from Nemesis, and it yeah. takes away from Nemesis's ability to do his job and. I don't know which one of those is better, you know? Like, they're both not bad um, or I've, good. I've got just... the answer right for you. It, it's the original. <laughs> <laughs> That's the official answer. Alright, I'm, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> well, I think, in, in the original, of course, they kind of played on the fact that he was still a bit of a chicken heart. He didn't put up much of a fight in Resident Evil 3, and you're kind of chasing and keeping up to, the, you know, keeping him but, with but, it through. Uh, but on that on that flip side, he also didn't feel like a fully realised character. Here, he, he feels yeah. like a bit, of, bit more of an actual person. Like, he makes reference to the Arclay incident. He actually seems to have legitimate fears that don't just seem based on a very stereotypical concept. He is a character that kind of feels like he is trying to make up to Jill his, for his situation that he caused in the first place with the Arklands and a little bit too. And he feels like more than just a passive situational mm. person. But then, yeah, he gets shortchanged too. And then, as I said, it doesn't have that impact with Nemesis. Yeah, either, so. You see, the thing is, I don't put the way Brad behaves in the original version of 3 down to his cowardly nature. I got the impression that Nemesis is more methodical in the original and that it's chosen Brad first. Brad's his first target. He's going to fucking take out Brad first. So when we meet Brad in in Blackjack, you, you get the impression that he's been literally chased across the city by this fucking thing, and that he's just barely keep you know barely keeping alive at the skin of his teeth. And then eventually, when he sees Jill at the RPD, Nemesis finally catches up with him. And then when Brad's dead, it's Jill's turn. Yes. And so it, it, it's, it, they use Brad to establish just how fucking dangerous the Nemesis is, and yet. Rob's just been totally right. Yeah, Nemesis is, um, and John has said this previously on the, on our Discord and whatnot. Nemesis is actually ineffectual in his mission in this game. As much as I really love the moment where there, Jill and Brad are there, and you know, Brad says, "Are we still partners?" and Jill says, "Always." I think it's a really great, wholesome interaction between these two characters. But I still would take the original iteration of the events because and, I and think the it does thing, more for Nemesis. Yeah, and the silly thing is, Brad gets bitten in the original anyway. It doesn't. It's not because he got gets bitten that's the problem like Jill just kind of and he tells her to leave and all this sort of stuff in the new version okay I can understand that but he still gets bitten in the original he gets bitten on the neck by the zombie and that's a canonical thing he gets attacked beforehand so he gets infected before Nemesis even kills him and so at the point of having him not turn up like yeah it would have been more impactful if like Jill had like done the cast thing and then 
egg because it's like down the street from the RPD. She still made it to the RPD courtyard and Nemesis still kills Brad or in front of the RPD. It doesn't have to be in the courtyard. It just has to be somewhere near the RPD. And then Carlos comes along and shoots him with the rocket launcher. I was going to say, should, the rocket lo- should, should we've had Brad being in the Carlos role at that point? A bit, a bit of heroic trying to take out the Nemesis. Perhaps he, he's yeah, got the rocket could... He's got the rocket launcher. He's, he's always got a so rocket launcher. Fine. Rocket launcher. Yeah, and that would have been good. And then Nemesis gets up like Brad thinks he's saved the day yeah. and they're about to try and off. And then all of a sudden Nemesis whips out and grabs him and pulls him back in and stabs him and then he dies. That would have been amazing. That That'd actually be would have been amazing. That I would have watched that. And then Carlos turns up and manages to save Jill to get her away from Nemesis. There you go. Capcom, hire me. Just... <laughs> I mean, I, I liked Brad in this game, but I just wish they'd done a bit more to explain his sudden personality change. I mean, he had the, he had the nickname Chicken Heart in the first game, and like Sean said, he was shitting himself in the original <laughs> Resident Evil 3. And in this one, yeah, fair enough, he might have redeemed himself through guilt. He might have said, right, I'm going to do my best to help Jill, but it would have been nice if there had just been maybe a file with his own little notes explaining that a bit more, because it's just such a sudden personality twist, you know. He's obviously encountered Nemesis because he knows about it, but he doesn't seem frightened of it. When you meet Brad in the original, he's exhausted, mm. isn't he? Yeah, and, and like 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 Yuchuan says, you know, presumably because he he's been targeted consistently and repeatedly by 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 Nemesis, and and yeah, that definitely comes across a lot more in the original. I mean, I he, the characterization though was good, and and his screen time I don't think was 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 any less short than than it was in the original. And clearly, the the point here is that he was that you know he was trying to re- it was very much about redemption of this character. Um, I don't know if I necessarily completely agree though that it it, it was say, a missed opportunity you not not seeing his demise at the hands of Nemesis because you know the what the representation we got the re-managing we did get I felt it sort of did give it more of an emotional impact you know when, when it's you as, as, as the player that, that you know ha, has to take him down and that obviously you see that that then links to how Marvin was, was in, in, infected you know we all knew but was- I, I don't know if I agree with that because you could have still had the thing at the RPD with Nemesis and then when you arrived back there with Carlos later because you had to you could have had Brad still come back to life mm. like that the same thing could have still happened I don't I don't know if I agree with that the, the other thing that I have just dawned on that I'm just thinking of and we'll be talking about this is I don't understand why Brad is the first person to see Nemesis all panicked about it in this area when clearly Nemesis arrived in the capsule like down the street from Jill's apartment like we see the capsule in the street you can you can investigate it and everything like it doesn't make a lot of sense either he's oh, closer to Jill's does house. Jill say something then if you go over to it yeah she's, she looks at the capsule and she goes she makes a comment about the fact it's got umbrella on it and she goes oh, huh cool. yeah, I, just thought, I just walked past it I noticed it but I didn't realise there was a like an audio thing yeah if you click on it I think you click on it twice she, she makes Makes a comment about it, and then she makes a comment on the fact it comes from um, it's got umbrella written on it, and she goes, she makes some typical, typical, of course, it's umbrella or right. something. Yeah. There's lots of hidden audio uh, in this, actually. Mm. Yeah, if you look at we can... but, but again, then, so where was Brad before this? Why, you know, Brad rings her up. Where was he? Why does he know about Nemesis if he's landed and did he land there? And then he's obviously got eyes on it trying to break into Jill's apartment because that's what yeah. he but then he's awfully calm when you're out in the street, isn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just a bit of a weird personality change, just because you know he had so much emphasis as a coward in the first game, to the point where he had an actual nickname. But you're right; it's a major misstep that Nemesis didn't kill him. Although there is a, I don't know if it's a hint or if it's just a coincidence, but in the file, I can't remember the name of the file, but it's basically Nikolai writing down all his observations. And at one point on the 28th of September, he says the Nemesis he's got eyes on two stars members. Yeah, he puts them by initials. And, yeah, and the. Ne- 
the nemesis bioweapon is pursuing the female as if to suggest nemesis knows that brad's been infected and will die anyway i don't know if that's intentional or whether it's just coincidental the way it's written but he says the male's infected and the bioweapon is pursuing the female no yeah well let's take a quick divert should we talk about the opening because i'm afraid I'd i'd have raised that from my mind rob hang on hang on hang on guys hang on Fucking hell. It is awful. It is absolutely. It's Paul Anderson directing a fucking RE video game, finally. It's yikes bad, guys. I cannot believe they didn't recreate the police getting massacred. I know. I cannot believe they didn't do that. I don't mind the sort of live-action riot footage. I don't know where they've got that from so much, but that fuck the fuck i feel sorry for the actor who has to play the umbrella executive doing the commercial <laughs> jesus it's fucking terrible it it's is just it, it, it is honestly it is you just imagine that is how a paul anderson resident evil movie would start if it was you know if they if they did a you know another version of apocalypse or something I, it is I, so bad i almost got i don't like that but i did like the hospital i did like them working on nemesis i like the helicopter thing which i still am pretty convinced that chicago i like that bit of it but i don't like everything else i just think it's so so jarring to see live action footage as well it worked in 1996 when obviously limitation and everything was there but it just it's so jarring now pick one or the other for fuck's sake george sorry i i I almost i'm probably wrong watching it almost felt that they were purposely being cheesy you know it's kind of a throwback to the 90s you know because no, because the problem is with the tone of the remake is it, it the, the the tone of Resident Evil two and three remakes is that they go in for a very sort of serious realistic version of these events and that things like that and the final fight George <laughs> I've got it on um, ready to press play it's just. Here is just totally against the sort of theme and the feel and the tone that they go for with these the, the remake two and three it, it, it's so again oh just please i'm, I'm just gonna have another swig guys <laughs> It, you know, it was it was very jarring and and that's disappointing and also reminded me of the of the one versions too that I'm not a fan of you know that that beginning although, although it's not live action but just you know the whole introduction of terror save terror doesn't have to end in a risk and it, it reminds me of that actually but that kind of worked because 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 Revelations two had that sort of weird real B movie horror movie vibe going for it didn't it? It, it you know and Barry you know the whole game sort of plays this sort of really cheesy angle whereas remake three to a point feels like it's going in quite a serious retelling of OG Resident Evil 3 and then before you know it you've got fucking Charlie heads rolling down the street and oh my god oh I'm sorry that I mean as a spectacle did you not I mean maybe because you know I grew up on Space Invaders so it's come such a long way but as a spectacle I thought the size of it was just incredible I just stood stood gulping at that as it came down I thought it was fantastic (laughs) oh my god oh my George this is like Men in Black an actual alien has, has moved into George Trevor's body can what I the say- fuck is this? <laughs> I would say the opening. The first thing that I thought of when I was watching that opening, sadly, gentlemen, was Spider-Man Three and the awful moments in Spider-Man Three when you. Oh, got the that, news report. The reporter. That's that's the first oh. thing that came into my mind. I was like, yeah. the, the whole element of a news report, though, live coming live from Raccoon City, I think it almost undermines a bit of the canon anyway. But we won't we won't dwell on it too much. But the, you know, the thing is, you, you know, that's live action footage with actors. You you think of like how um, degenerations. Starts like the news reporter who's who's actually stood in front of the destruction of Raccoon City is so much more convincing and realistic than an actual real actress. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. The fucking reporter at the beginning of Revelation, 
Evans at the wreckage of Terra Grigia. Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. Ow, didn't you? Oh, 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 oh Terra Grigia, uh, Terra Grigia was fine. No, that, that was okay. <laughs> that was fine. All right, okay, let, let's move on because we'll all Please. give ourselves. Yeah, a I was going to say just before <laughs> uh, Sean drink, drinks himself to death. <laughs> so the introduction of Nemesis in the original game of course is iconic it gives you a sense of power as to what the Nemesis can do I don't have an issue with the introduction of Nemesis in this I think it's quite I don't think the game's ever really done anything so Seven's a bit similar because you went banging with you know with Mia straight away but I, I, I like the introduction of Nemesis here I thought it was like a holy moly I need to get out of here you haven't got you know you can't defend against it it's just a case of run and as you kind of touched upon earlier it's almost like a modern take on on that moment where you are exploded into the into the streets like in the original game. I think it demonstrated that this nemesis ain't messing about either. Three more days, then I can kiss this town goodbye. Who could that be? Hello? Jill, are, are you okay? Brad, is that you? Listen, you gotta get out of there. What are you talking about? I don't have time to explain. You gotta get out of there right now! All right, let me grab my... Ah! Whether it's as good as the original, I, I I don't know, but I think this had merit, um, and and, and I, I enjoyed the introduction, even if it was a bit linear um, and in a bit pre-scripted. I possibly don't think that when I first played it, I thought this is fine. I think on reflection, with so many of those types of scripted nemesis encounters, I don't like it as much. If you know what I mean. If that was the only one that happened in the game, I think it, I, I'd have been that is incredible. But because there's so many of these, you know, run to the end of the corridor, get out, you know, that kind of thing, it, it ruined the effect. But that, that if it was just that one incident and that the introduction of Nemesis, I thought worked very well. It was good, but I think it, I prefer the original. I think it could have done with a bit of build up, but I can appreciate what they tried to do. But I would have preferred having sort of half hour Nemesis free and then him just turn up, you mm. know, a bit like the original. But I knew I was going to, I mean, Nemesis is obviously the biggest misstep in the entire game for me. That opening sequence where he comes in her apartment and picks her up and just starts throwing her around and I thought, oh, for fuck's sake. It, it reminded me of Terminator Salvation where Christian Bale comes across <laughs> CGI Arnie and it just, it just instead of killing him, just picks him up and throws him, you know, all over the place and that's all Nemesis does in the entire game and he's, he's so slow at pointing his fucking weapons at her and yeah, if it's another character, as soon as Mikhail faces the Nemesis, he just gets speared in three seconds. <laughs> but fucking Jill, oh no, let's just pick her up and throw her against the fucking <laughs> That's like movie logic. No, but for it to happen every ten minutes throughout the entire game, it's just. Oh. I I can understand the frustration, but the number of times I've gone like that in, movie, in movies, the character that would normally shoot someone immediately without any questions somehow like smacks someone with the back of the gun or throws them off something. Or it's yeah, it's that old cliche. A particular bit where she's on the floor and he's pointing his flamethrower at her, and he literally just waits for her to get up and run off before he starts <laughs> firing. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I was going to say, he does look good, though. I thought he looked really, really good. 
But yeah. yeah, there's a scene when he comes out of the flames and and he looks stunning. But again, it's almost like ticking boxes. Uh, you know how it, on you know because I think it's a, a a newer engine. I think it's sort of the second version of of, of the previous engine that built two. So you know how can we make him look even more stunning and, and really shine through with with this this color palette? That it, it is beautiful. But you're you're right. I I got a sense from the very start that he was like toying with Jill. You know, sort of like a cat t- toys with a mouse, but it didn't add to the tension at all. It just made him almost feel like you know, like he'd been neutered. You know, lo- like you say, the the the, the almost, he 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 didn't give that that sort of danger that you felt in the original, or, or, or you know, of the constant pursuer. Yeah, which, which I mean, my God, it's the Resident Evil Three Nemesis. You know, if you well, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, it's not Resident Evil Three Nemesis is anymore, is it? That's the whole point. It's um, RE Three R, isn't it? Or uh, yeah. Biohazard Three RE. This is something that we spoke about on the remake too, though, wasn't it? It was Mr. X was so intimidating in that game. I always thought they put themselves in a bit of a pickle if they were going to do Resident Evil Three Nemesis. They need to make him more powerful than Mr. X but at the same time balanced enough so that you can still explore the area safely and you know feel that it's, can... it's not that even that it's it's not even that, that at all Nick they've literally swapped the two of them around yeah in, in yes. terms of how they work mechanically yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah like, Mr. X in the remake works like Nemesis did in the original which is that he feels like he's around hunting you and will just turn up at random in this Nemesis is quite heavily scripted except for that one bit of the open demo for the most part and that's like Mr. X in the original in the B scenarios of the original game it's, it's very odd it is and I think if there was more moments like the demo if there's more time when he was chasing because you didn't know when he was coming back especially if you play the demo they they tweaked it around didn't they because he obviously came back when you go first go through the donut shop but then when you went out there I was like he's gonna come and he doesn't it's, come you it's, know it's not it's not even just that with the demo he does occasionally change his position and when he turns up and which direction he comes from and if you take a particular path he turns up in a particular way or he spider-man's in and kind of hears from out of the sky or flips off into the distance and yeah it's very it's very random in that area and I wanted more of that you know it was actually really challenging and interesting yeah agreed yeah and I think he was fair actually because I'm not the best gamer at these type of things but I could three good shotgun shells will put him to his knees and a grenade then a a well placed grenade will give me 40 seconds 45 seconds to get the hell out of there which I felt was balanced and fair that worked I I just needed more of it you know the the fact of the matter is when you look back at it as soon as you are out of the downtown area that's it you're you're not encountering the nemesis again in any meaningful manner other than in a pre-stage boss fight area flamethrower area or you know or, or or the clock tower and I and I, I think that's a huge uh, to use George's term a huge missed opportunity to actually have him still be the star of the game because he should be people buy the game because Nemesis is probably the best creature they've created Capcom have ever created you know he's got his own Funko Pop you know not many people get that honour so <laughs> uh, he's in countless games thereafter in pretty much still in the same format and I possibly think they should have done it and given him a bit more of a starring role because did you feel very much more that this kind of the the um tradition of that of you know of of, of that nemesis character in jack baker seven the way that particularly if you're playing that in 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 hardcore mode uh, kind of yeah far more than the nemesis in this version well that's sure. the th- that's the thing it's like by the end of resident evil 3 when he is when the parasite has taken over barely anything recognizable left of the nemesis but you still feel it's him you still feel there's some inherent programming him telling him still to carry on and then when you pick up the magnum and then give him give him the lion and shoot him in the head you feel emotionally exhausted about what's happened whereas this time he mutates far too quickly and just becomes Birkin g4 
before, basically, doesn't he? You, do, you don't feel you've got that connection. He needed to still be bipedal for much longer. They designed Nemesis back in 1999, 21 years ago, and it's still that original design is still the one they're continuing to chase that they've never been able to ace as well as they did first time. The the the, the bird that really undercut it's kind of next to said something that also about that whole thing about him as a character and that emotional journey through Jill and all this sort of stuff. The bit that really got me that kind of took me out of it is the bit when you arrive to the outside bit with the river towards the clock tower and then he kind of comes exploding out of the underground on fire and falls in the, in the <laughs> river and I'm like he's just a bumbling idiot like, <laughs> <laughs> he, like what did he do like how did he explode like that what did he Take your point about even the river slapstick. Even even in remake two, the super tyrant fights you on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Is that quick? He comes like flailing out and then falls over the railing, bumbling Nemesis in the original game too. He does fall over things. Like I get this, but it's a bit too comical. Yeah, but yeah, but Rob, bitch can't even swim. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) bitch can't even swim. I yeah, I, I do hear that. Though. That was damaged from the, from previously from Carlos. And it was a train crash, wasn't it? May May I be the first then? Since we're still on the Nemesis topic, I fucking hate Type Two Nemesis in this. All and and Rob, you already said what I was. I had lined up to say all they did was just basically remake the G Four fight, and ironically made it a better G Four fight than the actual G Four fight in Remake Two. These remakes, man, they do me in. I tell you, <laughs> the yeah, the Clock Tower battle is is awful. You're supposed to use the mine. The mind it's, it's not the thing is it's not awful it's, it's an actual fight <laughs> it's actually well designed it's just the fact it's nemesis not say Burke and G4 or a new creature like it's yeah. actually a really good set piece fight it's just not for nemesis it's a good set piece fight that's the problem and so it's this is this is the antithesis for me of like constantly throughout the game some really great ideas but just not for this game and some great character moments but just not well earned and some great character developments but then hurriedly rushed rushed sure it's like you have the good and the bad constantly throughout this game and this is why i came out of the end is going i'm so conflicted about this because there's so many good things and there's so many missed opportunities why did they go xenomorph for nemesis type 2 though well oh, yeah they just I, went anderson anderson liquor didn't they i, I just kind of both really is the big scaly because i mean i have heard it mentioned that he's he, he articulates stars in in sort of various different tones but going back to the original and and yeah there seems to be many moments when it just again just felt like a new to nemesis that you're waiting for that you know that implication to me the implication is to me that he so all this stapled limiting rap they've put on him he is at his core originally a tyrant Mm. and the parasite with socks yeah and the (laughs) the parasite just constantly grows and that's the problem is that eventually the whole thing is the parasite oh rob oh rob but no, we, that's what I mean. That's aren't what I mean. we? Oh, George, yeah. you've got all this to look forward to, man. I tell you. <laughs> And that, and this is and this is what I mean. Like that's what the implication is of this bipedal one is that we the look at the design of it, look at the model is like there's all these protruding growths of it almost looks like bone, but you can't quite tell what it is, it, and it's huh. outgrowing the flesh. Like it's, it's more of a G mutation. Exactly, yeah, and it's like and that's what the G mutations are known for that they constantly are getting bigger and bigger. You you destroy bits of it, it still continues to grow back, and this is exactly what happens with Nemesis. It's like they've forgotten that that's not what Nemesis was, mm. but they've started treating him like that and it's it's weird it's a weird decision I don't Batman any comments on G4 G3 well I just thought I was on drugs when he started <laughs> around the buildings <laughs> when he jumped 
<laughs> like, are we going to get some sort of reimagining of the clock tower fight? And then they just sort of jumped onto the side of the building and started doing circles. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> it's like, a, like a dog oh, trying God. to catch its tail. That is my favourite podcast moment ever. Thank you, John. <laughs> Because you, you have to. I mean, the, obviously, the whole point of it. I mean, I didn't tweak at the time. Was that you're supposed to use the mine rounds, aren't you, to shoot him? But what? Oh. You're right. What is he doing? <laughs> just, he's just running around. He's become a literal I, dog beast, and that he's just toying sure, with. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the dogs from if this this is a new modern Ghostbusters video game, and it's the, oh. the, the <laughs> dog. <laughs> Um, no, I'm gonna play devil. I'm gonna play devil's advocate on for Sean because he said that I do this for one thing that I did like about that. I liked that he climbed up the side of the clock tower. I thought that was really cool. I was like King like, Kong. Watch. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I like it, but I like it. I like the fact that like even if it wasn't this bipedal dog that was running around in circles, if Nemesis himself started climbing up the side to get a perch to like fire a rocket launcher or something, I still would have thought that was cool. I think that idea was kind of awesome to use that. See, I power in the middle. Because of, um, I, cause I agree with. I really because I only just recently today did that battle for the first time and I re- I was I really because you like as an actual boss fight it, I, I, I thought it was fantastic until you know that moment when suddenly yeah like you say just it's like what is this and because slight kind of nods and I think you get this in the final boss battle too uh, when uh, James Marcus you know the, oh. the, the, the queen in, in, in Zero I didn't like when he started sort of climbing along around the walls like Spider-Man yeah it's almost like you can feel that they're, they're so almost confused and conflicted themselves Jill! Hey, answer me. God damn it. Tyrell, do you copy? What's going on? Jill's been infected. I. I'm taking her to the hospital. Maybe Dr. Bard can save her. Alright, I'll meet you there. You hang in there, super cop. I got you. That, that's one of the biggest problems of this game is isn't it is that it just did not know what it wanted to be yeah. and and while we're here at the uh, the location we're in talking about this fight can we all just please take a moment to mourn the clock tower because when i played the original resident evil 3 back in 99 i will admit despite the absolutely sensational opening i was a little bit underwhelmed by resident evil 3 when i first played it and i just felt like the city sections were just an extension of the opening of resident evil 2 and it i, I did find it a little bit underwhelming i won't lie until we got to the clock tower where I thought it really went up a level and then from then on you got Clock Tower, you got Hospital, you got the absolutely sensational park and the really interesting Dead Factory. For me originally the Clock Tower represented a turning point in quality in that original game and to just see it be totally thrown in the bin but for a boss fight background was heartbreaking in all honesty it was heartbreaking you're not a fan of you know the, the castle-esque drawbri- no, no, drawbridge I, I, and... <laughs> I, I love the design of the clock tower in the original resident evil 3 i think it is a sensational design in terms of visuals atmosphere puzzles the stones the time puzzle really does fucking wind me up it's still fitting with the clock tower theme yeah i thought that the clock tower saint michael's clock tower in the original game was sensational and it, it, it's just a background it's it's no it's no more in this game than a, a background in a street fighter fight you know that's all it is it's a backdrop for a boss battle 
Sean, I think this is a relevant time for me to mention the same thing. I mentioned this the other day, and you guys hadn't realized this information was out there. So you remember Alex and Neil put out the little thing from his book about Resident Evil 3 just recently was on Polygon. Mm. So this is when they announced the uh, the original game in 99 and wanted to change it to Resident Evil 3. I'm going to read the bit here that is so that relevant because I did tell you this, but it's more for everyone listening. So Okamoto requested us to add more content so the game would be longer, Oyama explained. Notably, the game was originally intended to end at the clock tower following one final encounter with Nemesis. It might have taken the average player two to three hours to reach this point in the game at least during replays. As a result, Oyama's team added new locations such as city park and the dead factory other existing areas were expanded with new rooms as well that literally was done in two months which is incredible. the game's continued additions yeah did ch- change basically as a result of this but it made the game longer than it was intended i estimates the game gained an extra 30 minutes of extra playtime. it was the best the team could do with only two months of development time available Any so was the clock tower just the background for a boss battle then originally it, i think the, the building itself was part of it and that was literally it that was there was there was no and the hospital was included as well obviously and so I think the game was going to end with obviously. <laughs> so what you're telling me, what you're telling me, Rob, is that my favourite parts of Resident Evil Three were made in the, two. Months. Basically, yeah, the park <laughs> whatever extensions. Well, kudos to uh, the development that. team back then. Yeah, two months. Well, wow. to basically get that and whatever other extension. So I think it's interesting to see the scope of game development now and what we feel like is missing and what's there and how long it takes to make a game now. And you think about how much they had time and pressure. The crunch would have been incredible. They would have just spent there sleeping living at the studios to get it done which is true but that's no different than these days too to be honest but let's just quickly we've done clock tower let's head backwards and backwards in time to uh, back to downtown uh, and, and the, the kind of demo area we've touched on it before because we've covered it in the in the, in the, in the demo and stuff but I really I really like the downtown area I thought it, unlike the original game which didn't really feel like an actual city was very claustrophobic and it, I struggled to see how the shopping district even remotely would resemble a shopping district in a real city this did feel like big open streets it, you know it felt part of a downtown albeit slightly weird you know it, it did feel it did feel more lived in should we say than perhaps the original game did more appropriate you, we got we got the pharmacy we got the donut shop we got jim's crabs which sounds awful <laughs> to, the toy shop which looks like supermarket a the super yeah it, it it had it had you know but there's always a limitation because it's not an open world thing is it but you could see all the things have been barricaded off and you could kind of see there's more going on and that combined then obviously with the they brought back the open, uh, the front street of Raccoon of, of the RPD as well so you got Kendo's gun shop and the, and the other shops there it felt it, it felt more city like than perhaps the original game did just because of the limitations of the original game I really enjoyed that area for, you know, for all the reasons you gave and you know it was a highlight for me with the demo but as, as, as Stars said before you know it actually then as you then put it in a context of the full game and it's actually quite inconsequential yeah and, yeah no fine and, yeah. and a lot of these shops there's not a lot to you know I was so disappointed when I finally unlocked um, Toy Uncle <laughs> and it's just an advert for Mega Man frankly so it, it, it's almost like superficial this game on the surface you know kind of it, it's great but then actually you dig a bit deeper and if you look at the original maps of Resident Evil 3 you will actually realise that a lot of the areas you traverse are actually like main streets that you would see in normal cities but because 
the barricaded and whatnot, they they divert you down back alleys and things yeah. like that. But if if you look at a map, like a lot of the times, you are actually on like main like eight lane or four lane main roads. But it's just disguised very well with the barricades and whatnot. It's true. It's true. And um, Outbreak probably did quite a good job as well, showing Main Street and, and so forth. So that that really helped. But hey, George, uh, you, you're right. You know, a lot of these areas, and I think we touched on it in the uh, when we played the demo as well. I think in supermarket there looks to be um, I think we thought they purposely blocked it off in the demo because there looked to be a downstairs area that that that, that never materialised or is that the, maybe the pharmacy or something like that they're all just kind of singular rooms there's nothing else to explore and that I think is a slight difference so even like the press office in the original yeah. in the original game yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not there's, in you're not in there long but there's there's you know well, the, there's a little puzzle there's, isn't there there's, the thing about this as well is that you look at the game especially when you go to Rye in this whole downtown area there's actually really very little to do if you're not going to bother getting all the gems for the for the, the puzzle that is yeah. the putting the gems in the thing for just getting extra items then all you need to do is literally go from the subway kill any of the enemies you don't have to go into any of the extra areas if you don't want all you need to do is literally go to the, the railway office grab the hose make your way to the fire extinguisher do the fire extinguisher go through the garage go do the stuff at the power station go back to the um, railway set up the train yard and make your way back to the subway and it's literally the only five points of contact that you need to make all the everything else that's there is just extra they're just extra rooms extra diversions extra pickups extra whatever that's it that's what you I did like that. I did like the train station puzzle. I say with um, inverted commas. I thought that was quite. A, I thought that was quite a nice one. Yeah, not not, diffi- not difficult, but you know, I had to look at it and go. I had to you know get my finger out and start going one, two, three, four, five. You know, you know what what line like uh, uh, tra- tra- train line that number is. You know that kind of, uh, made made you stop and think. And I enjoyed that. So here we go then. Like you know, what did everyone think? Because it's a set piece. It's a cameo of a creature in the original game, albeit heavily redesigned. The substation. I really like the substation. Yeah. I, I'm a, I was a big fan of it. I think because you, you, you're not really there that long in the original game. Uh, it obviously sets up Nemesis quite well in that, and you've got a couple of puzzles and live selections. But I actually thought the substation was a really good moment. I think people have said it. They could be. They could have done spiders there, but you know what? The drain demos are you know are like poor man's liquors in my opinion. So I I like the redesign of the drain demos. I like the fact that the whole area had been infected by them. I even thought I even thought the kind of like the, the puzzle there and turning it on was quite quite a nifty idea. My only criticism is that we should have then had a boss fight with a big brain sucker or something like that. I, th- I felt it was building up to a bigger mother queen version of said drain demos or brain sucker, whatever you want to do, it, and it just never came. This is just setting up another alien made a made a nest. I did joke on stream that it's actually a better hive than many licensed alien games have done. You knew it was just you knew it was just a set piece, didn't you? Like a as soon as you walked out of that substation, you knew you were not going to see another Drain Demos in the entire game. Yes, quite right. Yeah, yeah. And that's a shame because I, I think they were one of the better sort of again reimaginings because you, you, yeah, I've always thought of the, <clears throat> the Brain Demos as kind of you know like I mean Nick said you know I thought Hallman's Hunters and they tend to be sort of forgotten about in in the original, but they had that kind of Chimera thing you know of grabbing you up you know from the top and it was one of the rare mm, moments swiping and stuff from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. I I was generally I mean I was playing it on Nick mode and uh, <laughs> I. You know, 
<laughs> Were you? Yeah. And I so so, so even on easy, I, I found it quite. They were they were terrifying and sort of you know creeping around. You know, with one behind me, with one above me. So yeah, credit where credit's due. I, I thought that was a good kind of redesign. You know, kind of marrying yeah the, the sort of the original with with this, this chimera effect. I like the idea of the of the green herb. I thought that was quite a, a good use of a traditional item being used in a, in an untraditional way. Should we say? Yeah. But then you never get it again. I, like, I don't like know. It, says. it doesn't happen again in the game. You'd love that to have been continued throughout the game. That that just that mechanic that you know you that, that you do get poisoned and yeah. I don't know what unlocks the character model in the game, but I unlocked it. I highly recommend people have a look at the character model, and you'll realise how much of an alien's influence it literally is. Because obviously the idea is that these things go down someone's throat and burst out their chest, but that means they've got human DNA in them, and the face is human. It's got human teeth oh, and really? human-style oh. eyes, and it's like split the face in half, and the little proboscis thing comes out of the mouth on the creature. It's absolutely gr- horrifically gross and you never get a chance to obviously see it in the game it's probably one of the more horrifying character designs I think in the 3 make itself like it's oh, it, they may be small and stuff but the designs I do actually like them okay that's we're talking about BAWs let's talk about the the new zombies well, no, no, let's scrap that let's talk about the zombies because I one of my criticism remake 2 was that the those zombies in 2 were 2 to 3 bullet bunges too much if you like I think they should have gone down 2 to 3 so I was pleased that they refined it but at the, the same time they really turned down on the gore in this game and there's no uh, art you know leg decapitation of course that's not a word but you know what I mean you know, it's removal there's a it's not, no I don't think there is I don't think it's quite yeah, as yeah you can shoot legs off and arms it's not as but they do come off I know they do come off but, oh, yeah. okay but yeah and the heads the, the heads still can split open but yeah I've noticed when you shoot them on the ground there's not like the level of gore that there was in 2 mm. I don't know if that's like an internal like maybe we pushed it a little too far possibly I think they got I think they got the right level of zombie in terms of how much they uh, how much bullets they need to take down I think they hit that perfect I think it was just a bit too much it's noticeable obviously in the RPD because obviously facing the same zombies they're more easier than perhaps the um, the uh, what they are in, 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 in that game so the new zombies that are in there though is the the any alpha zombies uh, which may or may not be hinting at uh, Ganados in the future who knows but the because <laughs> we saw them in their demo most of the time Nemesis just kills it he normally just runs into it and knocks it out but you, you, there's a couple of times when you get into that I assume it's Kendo's house you see them a lot more close up and they just present with a sl- slightly different option of being able to you know wait until their eye is there and take out the eye and then remove the Nick, parasite Nick, I, I just I just have to interrupt the harder difficulties add more of them and their ability to whip you seems to be able to extend slightly further away like they can whip a tentacle out of the oh yeah they stuff. can still do that did, did it yeah did but like but yeah, they tend to do it a lot more often that's what I mean and there's Five, more of yeah. them and encounter them earlier and more often depending on which difficulty they were did everyone like I mean did everyone like their inclusion I hated them I thought they were shit I thought they were just pointless I just I don't really you know Nemesis had nothing like that ability in the original and just thought it was a bit of a gimmick could quite easily live without them I don't think it improved the game at all and they were you know the, apart from that tentacle attack they weren't particularly dangerous they were just more annoying mm. no for me I could take them or leave them perhaps same with the pale heads later in the game pale heads were in Resident Evil 2 so you know it was a nice little bit of continuity there I suppose but again there's no science behind the pale heads either it's just a regenerating zombie and uh, I don't mind them because I suppose you could attach them to the lore a bit more because there were test subjects in the laboratory but this nemesis zombie thing it was just it just came across as just a complete gimmick for me because that suggests he has more than one parasite in him nemesis when we only be able to transfer yeah he can grow his own parasitic limbs 
yeah mm, which is a new one i would have liked to have seen something that was more consistent with the canon of you know what was sort of mutating these zombies in terms of a you know a g-virus infection because initially when i when i first saw the reveal with nemesis it looked quite grotesque and yeah it was quite a moment in terms of what you know what was he doing to you know to these zombies and it, 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 it was a great moment to try to you know get this version this game's version of crimson heads you know just a development god help me the nemesis beta parasites in orc were better i think <laughs> i'd have rather have used them <sighs> well, well the que- i suppose the other question is why nemesis is doing it he has a primary mission to take out stars is there any is there any reason why he's take- going to the effort of um because as, as many people are talking about nick uh, this is the re4 beta and they're testing out parasite gameplay yeah no i don't buy that i don't buy that at all who wants the good hunter or bad hunter well we ought to do it in order and and it's it's interestingly i've completely forgotten about the fact that these are in the game such are they so utterly uninspiring so we're talking about the hunter gammas here ladies and gentlemen in the sewer section which barely in the in the original game this is expanded upon a bit more a nice small hub area uh, under under the sewers after escaping yet another nemesis scripted moment now in 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 the mandalorian what are those creatures called the the character that says I have spoken. Those things he rides around on, because that—that's—they look exactly like those. That's things. a blurg, I think they're that's called. The, yeah, that's what they look like. I was going to say they remind me a little bit of a couple of crossover of a couple of Silent Hill creatures as well. So, isn't it just so amazing that you know I've mentioned the clock tower, obviously John has mentioned the park. You know, such iconic, legendary Resident Evil three moments, and it's just so great to lose them in favor of another extended sewer section. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's fucking great. Thank you. Thank you. Captain. The thing is, as well, it's not even that bad of a sewer section. No, it's, it's not. It, no, it's perfectly fine. Again, functional. And had it been in another game, I would have been like, "Hey, this is alright. This is fine. This is not a bad section at all." But it's yeah. Again, if and if it had been an extension to Resident Evil Three without losing a lot of the other things, again, I would have been like, "Okay, this is an understandable extra bit of the game, given the game flow, all this sort of stuff." But again, yeah, you're right. When you've lost other things and then you get what you get in replacement as a sewer section, you kind of like eh this is again this trade off <laughs> worth it you know and the answer is no no yeah. and then you you get this this these weird big frog and to be honest the most of the times I've been killed in this game has just been through a lot of cheap insta kills rather than actually being killed by via health and these gammas are right pain up the arse Nick I will give you I will give you the cheapest insta kill that is set up it's in the I think it must be hardcore nightmare Inferno. so you know where in the sewer there's the a waterfall yeah Yes. Yeah, okay. So they set up an extra one hidden behind that waterfall. And of course, if you don't know it's there, you run out. You've killed one, obviously. Oh, yep. you killed something in the in the, in the the corridor. And you're going around left thinking, yep, cool. I'm going to I'm gonna go towards the, to get the power supply for the doors. And it just appears out of behind the waterfall immediately. And it's so fast. And so, because they're faster in the harder modes too, it gets its mouth open very quickly. And immediately before you can probably even get close enough to fire off a shot, you're just grabbed and it's like... It's to death so the only way to, to know is to die first and then the next time you fire fire at the waterfall when you hit it before it can get you it is cheap I and I, they did it they did it again in the near the end in the in those containers that burst open with the enemies I didn't realize one was behind me oh really and they do that and, yeah and yeah. in nightmare mode again and so in hardcore nightmare mode they replace the two dogs that you first come across with one in the container closest oh. to you when you come down the ladder again to set you up for a potential near death if you don't realize it's there I, I appreciated the additional law you know almost like you know the, the 
the the gamma testers being sent out, and then they 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 go and they set up their own little lab in in the uh, in in the sewers. And I appreciated the kind of background, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense in the in the grand scheme it of things. Makes absolutely no <laughs> sense. Why would you release these things into the sewers? Yeah, so, uh, look at the dates as well. Even long before Marcus as 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 fucking infected areas, we've got gammas swimming around the sewer section of Raccoon. Like I get yeah. the fact they've locked it down with like the sealed doors and electric locks, which is obviously supposed to try and keep them in. It, which would be great if they weren't using the various pipes to get around. That's the bit that doesn't make any sense to me. And then that weird file that's like the love letter to them. It's a little bit weird. <laughs> like it kind of was a little bit over the line where I went yeah, this is this is getting this is not just creepy for the sake of creepy this is just a weird well, who thought this was a good idea like, that's just a weird one and they could be trained somehow can't they could be pet ones and... well yeah they said they were pets but then you see all these sewer worker files where they're just randomly getting eaten changed so much of the lore as well I mean the Hunter Gammas were an Umbrella Europe creation based on data from the MA121 Alpha which was the first one but now they've changed it so the Gammas were originally an American invention and then got shut down and so they've then tried to sell the data to Umbrella Europe who obviously took it on and now we've got Gammas released from their tanks in March 1998 two months before the Alphas were ready and taken to the mansion yeah but but it's alright because this exists in the same timeline as the originals so <laughs> who knows yeah well it's, it's just a bizarre change I mean it could, it could probably force it to work if you wanted to by just saying they all got developed at the same time but it's just bizarre the way they've laid it out I think another problem as well with the Gamma is they look nothing like, a, you know, they even, you know, at, at one point when I was reading the files, I thought, oh, they're not even making this, because uh, I think in the early files, they're just called the Gammas, and I thought, oh, they're going to go, then they're going to make it in this, then they're not even Hunters, and then you get that final file where they do say it's like a, you know, a subdivision of the Hunters, and I just thought that, you know, this, this is one of the biggest problems, is the fact that they don't even resemble a Hunter in any fucking realistic way, they're just a, a bipedal grave digger in this that's all they are and, well, and they use the same gameplay mechanics as the GMR goes from the, the Resident Evil 2 remake it's oh. initially I mean I like that file the one that you get you know, with 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 the um, the, the scientist referring to them as his babies, and it could kind of get you know, sort of gave me memories of, of James Marcus, you know, in the way that he refers yes. to his leeches. But but you know, Batman makes a good point because you know you, that that's kind of on a superficial level on on a first playthrough, and, and and more in terms of coming coming to it from oh, I felt so let down with previous files, and and I was really enjoying some of the files in this game. But you know, scratch the, the surface and dig deeper into actual canon, and just listening to Batman talk about how it, yeah, it completely throws out the window all of that back. History. It's for, well, we 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 won't dwell on it too much because we're probably going to have a whole to- a whole podcast dedicated to mm. just the canon and all the changes it's done. But yeah, I mean, the problem is you're, you're given the grenade launcher, aren't you? You know, it tells you it needs fire, and it, it's already preloaded with flame rounds. So you're like, okay, what shall I use here? So I, I I didn't like them as much. You were talking about the picking up the grenade launcher, flame rounds. Yeah, it's a little on the nose. But what I do like that I don't know if people have come across is if you use a weapon against an enemy and it's the, a good weapon to use against it. Jill makes a comment about yes. the weapon. Oh, really? So, I, I have not noticed. It's really good. Like, so I was like, if you shoot the hunters with an acid round, she goes, "Hmm, acid. Must remember that." And like things like these with, with different weapons. 
That's it's a neat. nice touch, and I really do like that. It's a it's a nice little uh, audio visual cue for like this is a good weapon against this particular enemy. She does the same stuff with pale heads and using the magnum and like all this sort of stuff. It's it's really good. Well, it is a little less on the nose than it's a weapon. It's real powerful, especially against living things. <laughs> yeah. Before we get to the hunt speeds, then we'll quickly uh, dial back and go back to the RPD. Um, of course. Yeah. We haven't we haven't touched on that too much. Was it nice to go back? Did it still look as glorious as it did in Remake 2? Carlos, take a look at this. I've located the star's office. Remember, Bard had access to Umbrella's darkest secrets. He knows we'll try to keep him under our thumbs. So this search and rescue mission is really more like find and detain. Hmm. Right. Good to know. Yeah, it was actually great. I remember, I remember getting a buzz back in 1999 of going back to the to the RPD, thinking this was so cool seeing it from a different perspective. Even though all the camera angles were the same, you know what I mean when I say that we're we're, we're seeing it from somebody else's perspective. And I and I did get that vibe. The only thing I'll say, and I is as great as it was to see sort of Carlos experience these things. I do feel from a storytelling and narrative point of view, and from a dramatic emotional point of view we were left robbed by Jill reacting to like seeing police officers die to the liquor to going around a vacant star's office I'll leave it at that yeah I think that's a fair point personally I think the the, the interactions Carlos has the Carlos has and his exploration and obviously with with uh, Terrell there I, I I think it's enough because you don't get any interaction particularly in the original game in the stars she doesn't make any comment that she's in the stars office and it's like oh I wish no one was here she doesn't make anything specific about it so yes there's a chance of being able to expand upon it but there wasn't any precedent beforehand so I, I, I thought I personally thought that it was it was good to use Carlos here and of course if you play in the harder difficulties I think um, Rob you'll confirm Brad chases you around yeah it's interesting there's a couple of things I like about the hard difficulties that kind of change it a little bit the first is the uh, liquors in the regular or easy mode I think the first liquor you come across is when you've gone and got the key from it says you come to go use it on the uh, evidence room and the liquor appears and that's after you've seen it running around the windows and a callback to Resident, the original Resident Evil 2 it goes past the window just before you, you see the cops being attacked what you see as you continue walking around there you see Brad walking around the outside of the building which is quite nice oh that's cool he explains obviously he gets in through one of the broken windows so just when you're walking towards where the cops are you'll see him on your left outside trying to get in basically kind of stumbling past the other bit is that when the liquor when you shoot the first zombie that comes around it Carlos fights inside the RPD the liquor goes past the window again and then a zombie bursts through the gap in the window and then the other zombie comes out of the press uh, sorry the briefing room instead of the zombie a liquor comes flying through the window and smashes against the door like it screeches its way in it and the first time it did that it scared the bejesus out because I was expecting the zombie so that was really cool but it stayed consistent to the fact that I'd just seen the liquor run past the window so they'd kind of kept this continuity of it it was kind of cool I was really surprised at that it was a nice little touch I, I really enjoyed that and so to see those sorts of things where they thought about it between that and yeah Brad tuning up at various points is really cool I, I do like that and it's a shame that I almost want to say that they could have done the Brad thing even in the normal difficulty I think it's such a cool little idea that it would have added a, yeah could have added something 
different. I mean, and of course we get the, the but it, it, narratively it doesn't make a lot of sense. You could almost say it may would have made more sense had he been killed by Nemesis, <laughs> because you know they might have said that there was an extra. You know, he he hasn't he isn't easy to kill, but he's just a zombie in this. So it doesn't. Other than that, there's no real narrative. I was going to say the you finally get the answer to the question that's been plaguing people. You know, was well, the big the big hole in the uh, <laughs> in the in, in the changing rooms how that was caused uh, not by Nemesis just by a little bomb. Yeah, so it was neatly done actually. Oh. I think it played expectation quite well. That bit was quite tough though, isn't it? Well, as soon as you burst it through, you are you are properly swamped with zombies at that point. And because the blimmin assault rifle only holds about 30, 36 gun, it's not it's not enough. I mean, the whole point of the RPD, of course, is the the, the subplot of Doctor Bard and Batman. You you've spoken about uh, about that in your introduction. You thought he was a good uh, new subpoint subplot to to bring into the equation. Yeah, I mean, we already touched on the fact that it's been a bit of a, a cliff notes checklist of the original Resident Evil Three script. And that wouldn't be so bad if they added some extra things. And that's been one of the biggest disappointments for me in terms of the story. But this addition of Dr. Bard was something I really liked. You know, it gave an extra little mission to the UBCS. A bit of, you know, hinted at the sort of internal conflict within Umbrella towards the end of the game. And I just thought it was a nice little addition that didn't, as a side plot, that did detract from the main game. It was just a nice little add-on to uh, to Carlos's story, if you like. And um, yeah, I, I appreciated what they did with it. Does anyone have any oh. other comments about the RPD they wanted to it was neat but I uh, I have to have a moment to disagree which I thought Nathaniel Bard was a cliched awful horror character oh really <laughs> yeah I just I just thought I just thought a lot I mean it's mainly when we get to the hospital it, it becomes an issue but yeah I do like the intrigue that you're presented with in the RPD that Carlos is not really aware of why they're there and Tyrell seems to know more so I'll, I'll leave the other discussion to the hospital but well, that's, hey. where, that's where we're heading next. But it was just quickly, Nick, um, who didn't get a chuckle out of Carlos going up to a spade door and saying, well, here's a weird fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's, a, there's, there's a whole bunch of lampshading of these sorts of things throughout mm-hmm. the game. There's near the end, which bring up near the end, which I just allow, oh my God. Because it is kind of a question, but I was like, oh my God, I can't believe the game's doing it. But yeah, him doing that is pretty pretty funny. I do like the fact that we'll see comments on the stars photograph if you look at it as well. And on Welcome Leon. Oh, and welcome I didn't Leon. get the Welcome Leon one. What does he say? He says, oh, you must have had a hell of a first day or something. <laughs> I, did, um, I did see, the, yeah, I did see the bit where he says um, someone forgot to put on their blues or something. Apologise to yeah. Brad's poster, doesn't he? Like, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry, he goes, sorry, poster boy. Yeah. And if you shoot, if you shoot, in the stars office, if you shoot Bullseye on the uh, on the dartboard, he makes a funny little quip going, like, I'm still the, the the master of darts, yeah, like that. <laughs> was anyone else really disappointed that they didn't say anything about the fact that of all the PCs in the RPD that they could use, it's the one on Jill's desk? Yeah. Like, they don't make anything of it. And I thought, you know, Carlos would maybe, like, look around and be like, oh, you know, guess the dog's the most important person in her life or something. Why did they think he was going to be at the star- in the star's office anyway? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? it maybe maybe because it's a, it's a, he thought it was a secure, like, they're trying to say it's a secure location, which, I mean, some ways it kind of is. It's well, Mr. X can't get in That never made any sense to me at all, because <laughs> they're talking about the Dr. Barnes. I suppose, the- I suppose his video that he leaves as well does say, you know, get in touch with the stars, doesn't he? Stars were disbanded like a month earlier. It's just oh, I don't know. Well, that's hey, here's one thing. This is this is this is gonna this is gonna make. I can see Sean fuming already about this. <laughs> did, did anyone? Did anyone? Did anyone else notice the very Anderson esque use of SWAT vans that constantly had a Stars logo all over it, yeah. all over the city? Yeah, well, it's bad enough with the fucking 
umbrella logo on literally everything. <laughs> I thought the stars thing was much more telling because obviously, why would stars have more than one SWAT van? I yes, saw like five. I saw like five of them. One each. It's like <laughs> one each. Yeah. <laughs> mm, okay, this is interesting. Like this, yeah. Okay, there's literally one by by the RPD. Okay, that makes sense. There's one right near the start of the game. There's like two others somewhere else. I was just like, I'm there like, was. Uh, hey, at least we didn't get the minigun okay. nemesis. It, it, we we came close according to some of the artwork. We nearly hit, we nearly had minigun nemesis. So um, we can be grateful we didn't. Right, let's zip forward then. We head over to the hospital, um, and I'm just going to put it out there: the best best area in the game, in my opinion. Uh, the it, design. Oh, I was, well, I, I know you're possibly. I don't think you quite agree with me. I thought the the hospital was fantastic. It was a nice hub area. The game just slowed down a bit more. There was more tension, you know. The, yeah, there's a you know zombies scattered around, but you you heard the noises in the background. You hear you heard a kind of shrieking noise. Like what's that? What's that? What's that? I mean, we all know what it was, but you know you had to creep out. You had to go outside and kind of come back in again. And if you, we'd all seen the trailer of the nemesis uh, of, the, of the hunter. You know, basically appearing at the door. Every double door that I went through, I was going, it's going to be here now. It's coming. It's coming. It just didn't. And I was like, when the hell's these hunters turning up? I, 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 I thought, I thought the, the 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 hospital part was was quite excellent, quite excellent. And um, I just love the moment as a particular moment when you're walking down the corridor to get the vaccine, and you can see into the into the room, and you can see two hunters that are just savagely beating the shit out of someone. And you're like, I've got to go in there, haven't I? And for the first time, well, no, maybe not remake it, but first time in quite a long time, you're going with hunters, especially. I don't want to go in that room. And you kind of open the door, and you're like, oh, no, there they are. Close the door. And you open the door. Can I get a grenade in there quickly? Is it worth it? Am I going to hit the grenade? You know, am I going to hit them? They just they just restored so much faith in the hunter program. In in the same way that the liquors was so brilliant in remake two, the uh, the hunters are back in their full glory. And what a treat to get the first person perspective to introduce them. Probably the best incarnation of the hunters since the original Resident Evil one. Oh, uh, I will say, Nick, this is, for me personally, hands down, the greatest Hunter gameplay since OG96. Agreed. But they, they, they felt intimidating and scary again to the point where like like you just said, I was hesitant about going into a room that I knew hun- had hunters in it. And I've not felt that since yeah, since since I played the original games. You know, that that they were intimidating as fuck. I, I agree with everything that's been said, but you know, think about back to the original when Carlos first walks into the hospital and you get that synth and, and he looks around and like shrugs his shoulders in disbelief at the carnage that he sees and and think about this redesign and until you actually walk into that room that has the file from the nurse that talks about you know huddling together and 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 you know we've we've abandoned our patients and and the the, the helicopter that she thought was coming to save her until you get to that room there's hardly it, it just looks slightly disorganized the hospital you know a few chairs out of place there there isn't the blood everywhere the carnage it doesn't smell it doesn't, you know you can't smell the death until i say not until i got into that particular room so i agree with everything that's been said it was a highlight in terms of game design sorry gameplay design but the actual so the aesthetic i felt very dull and thinking back to what was painted the story that was painted in those pre-rendered backgrounds in the original that didn't come across at all with me i mean the, the music you're right and the hunter 
really made up for that. But I'd be interested in what you guys thought in terms George, of... George, I totally agree. I, I miss the original hospital from RE3 and Outbreak. I think it had so many more stories to tell than the generic white we... walls of, the, of yeah. this hospital. But at the same time, I appreciate this is a remake. They are trying to do something different and it has to... It has to obey the rules of an over-the-shoulder modern game that I think the original layout wouldn't have um, been able to translate well to. So, yeah, I, I get it. The argument here as well has to do with narrative storytelling in a, in a visual form, and there's a definite thing that the pre-renders also has done consistently, and we're not even just talking about the hospital. Like, Obviously, like I know Sean would l- lament that loss, and others as well, I mean, that loss of the clock tower with the the soldier protecting the girl and they've been killed by the, in the spider hallway and, all, and you know those sorts of oh, things yeah. are the narrative background storytelling and that is that's something that when you have to create something in the 3d environment the level of detail has to be considered and the, even the placement of bodies becomes potential uh, enemies later on should you have to revisit an area and they have to be thought out about those as well there's an interesting one there's one narrative one which i really like in the remake which is if you when you come out of the garage in the downtown area and you go to the right and you find the soldier that's killed himself um he's lying on the ground and some bullets and there's a diary and he makes this comment about i hope i don't come back i think he doesn't come back in the normal game but if you play it on hard core above when you come back there later after when nemesis burst through the wall you find him banging on the door the zombies banging on the door trying to get into the garage and i was just like i was not expecting that i was like oh my god that's so cool like it's the guy he's got up and he's trying to get into something in the garage and it was oh, a really nice moment and and it's that sort of thing i wish there was more of because that's the replacement for that sort of narrative the, yes the, it's 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 like Carlos making those quips and comments about things. If we can't read things on walls and documents on things, then it's those sorts of character moments that enlighten the world. And if you're going to do that with enemies and events that aren't those characters, then it's that sort of thing that I think there needs to be more of. Yeah, no, I, I take I take George, I take George's point about the hospital, but I, I think perhaps unlike the the lab in remake 2 which didn't really feel like a 1998 lab this i think this did feel like a 1998 hospital i've got a couple of issues with some of the files as to how long people were still alive and randomly treating people i i I thought visually it worked very well i thought there was a lot of carnage going on you had you know random zombies banging on glass that you knew was going to collapse you know crack it at some point i like the fact that you could kind of jump into the middle garden area which is certainly a feature of a lot of hospitals i i visit um these small kind of like you know garden cops areas where people can usually have a smoke or something like that i think that that worked quite well if i was being really nitpicky perhaps the hunter beaters could look a bit more red and bubbly but uh you know that they look a bit too hunter one two one alpha in my opinion a bit too green but i mean i mean that that's ridiculously pernickety because i think if they had applied the same sort of mantra with the hospital that they had done to the rest of the game in the areas they would have been onto an absolute winner it's what i want to see in a in, in a reimagined game it's like well you're in the hospital for i don't know half an hour in the uh in the original we're going to make it bigger we're going to make it better we're going to spend more time there it's just going to slow down and because it slowed down it, it felt it felt more atmospheric you felt you're up against it because you needed to get the vaccine jill was there and then they just go and fuck it all up with a bloody siege at the end uh, just <laughs> before you, we move on, move on to that now, you, everyone can say what they think well i think I think we all agreed, like, when it comes to, like, Remake 2, the best environment for Remake 2 was the RPD, right? Yeah, like, Abs- absolutely undoubtedly, yeah. Right. That's because they realised how important 
that environment was to that game and so they worked really tirelessly on making sure that it felt lived in believable it worked for the game dynamic it worked for the changes the changes they made worked for the narrative style so it wasn't a perfect one-to-one of the original but it still felt like the changes weren't massively bad they weren't you know they didn't make it worse and that's the problem the other areas of that remake where they replaced the sewers that in the the lab at the end they didn't give it that same care they didn't think that it mattered and that's one of the big issues i think across the board with the remake of resident Evil 3 is that they never treated any one particular area as too iconic to keep it as consistent as the original and the hospital was probably the one bit in the game other than obviously the rpd because it's one to one with two that's has stayed cohesively somewhat the same Mm. it's not visually the same but it's at least tonally the same whereas obviously the the streets they're different the power station that's different and they're either good or bad inherently obviously depending on what your viewpoint is but obviously there's no one iconic location that they've gone yet we must keep that and funnily enough the one i thought that was the most iconic was and sean kind of is on the same page is the clock tower i thought the clock tower interior is so it's got a particular style it's so iconic and they didn't keep it so it's yeah it's emblematic of what is or isn't important and even nemesis as we've pointed out before isn't even important he's the title character in the original and yet he hasn't become he isn't treated exactly the same in this version they've reimagined him no i think that's a i think it's a very good point um i think they've un- capcom have perhaps underestimated how much love there was for the clock tower and whilst i you know whilst you do kind of hop from location to location in resident evil 3 the clock tower was universally liked because you know, it was a big hub area. There's lots to do, and, and you could go back. The there. About... You, you could go back there, though, couldn't you? That's the whole yeah, point. Yeah, it's know. the same about the park. It's the same about the dead factory. It's the same about these elements. They all were all iconic parts of it, and I think they've underestimated what how important these were for a lot of people because they would be why people are commenting online. Why I can't believe they cut this bit and they cut this bit. Maybe I... more so than as I said, the length or of the game or whatever. I do think we're going to get DLC with the park. I think we're going to see Tyrell, Carlos, whoever, their trip from the RPD, maybe through the park to get to the hospital. Really? I don't think we're going to get any. I think we might. I think we might. But there we go. That's, that's, that's neither here nor there. Vaccine's a real deal. Good. You going somewhere? You're damn right. What do you think you're going to do? Whole city's about to be microwaved. Come on, man. Call the government. Tell them we found a cure. You stall for time. Ballsy motherfucker. Uh, Batman, any, any, what was your thoughts on the hospital as a kind of environment setting and your thoughts on the, the subsequent siege? enjoyed the hospital. It was my favourite part of the game. I thought it was really, really atmospheric. And, um, yeah, it was just nice to have a little hub area and, and, you know, explore it in your own time. And I liked the carnage personally. I thought, you, you know, you could tell the hunters had really done a number on the survivors there. You know, the bodies you did come across were literally torn apart. And there was plenty of nice files in there. You know, you, the route you had to take around was pretty good. And I didn't mind the siege bit, to be honest. No? You know, I thought it was, it was... It wasn't bad, you know. It's nice and short. You Carlos barricaded the door. The zombies came in, and yeah, he had five minutes of fun. I didn't really see the harm in it. Yeah, the only thing I have a problem with the siege is, is from a narrative point of view, why would the zombies just be uh, making a beeline for the fucking door? Oh yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's even true. It, it feels so it feels so gameplay in a way that the series doesn't usually do. But I mean, from a gameplay point of view, yeah, it plays fine. I did get a bit of lag, yeah. but then I've only got the PS4 Slim, so it probably couldn't quite handle it. I'm sure the PS4 Pro didn't have any issues. You probably just constantly, if you hit the um, power things, it's a lot of animation and enemies <laughs> jittering all over the place. It's, yeah. it's one of the only. It's one of the only times in the game. Excuse me. Where. <laughs> Where you get um, zombies actually despawning as well in a really terrible, like, blood oh. splash animation. <sighs> really bad. Constantly that noise. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember, yeah. And then, of course, you know, the vaccine, you rescue, you, you save Jill, um, and time goes by. Um, and, and and you get a very sort of half-assed delivery of the fact that raccoons are going to be bombed. And I will just say, before we move on to the final third, and George is going to love it. Can't wait. Kendo, how how fucking pointless was the kendo bit? Kaboom! Shit, Jill. Kendo, you're all right. You're all right to stretch. Sorry, I got a little jumpy there. Didn't know quite what to expect. No shit. Look, we're using the subway to get people out of town. You in? Subway. Well, that's good thinking. When we get out, there's going to be a lot to do. We could use a man of your skill set. What's wrong? Nothing. Just, uh, just bad timing is all. Look, um, don't worry about me. I'm going to make other arrangements, okay? You better. You're the best gunsmith around. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't do anything stupid. Oh, that's, that's your job, right? Take care, Jill. If you're heading to the station, take that service alley out in front of the shop, okay? The key's hanging on the wall. The the achievement uh, that, that unlocked in Resident Evil 2 Remake made it imply that like Kendo was going to be such a major part of this narrative. And as anyone who um, listened to the last podcast knew, I'd predicted this massive arc where like you know Jill loses a samurai edge and then she gets a new one from Kendo and she'll look down at the stars logo and she'll remember her comrades and that'll give her the resolve to carry on to the end. And I was going to hope that that was the gun that was she was going to use to kill Nemesis and it was going to be this big sort of poetic moment and she meets Kendo and it's admittedly a really nice scene and then that's it it just fizzles into fuck all and and the the, the image that leaked or it didn't really leak it, it came with the Xbox One achievement in Resident Evil 2 which showed a very very beaten up blooded Kendo with Jill post infection because she's got the bandage on her arm and I just felt like it promised a moment in the game that we never got I felt fucking cheated. I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing. Uh, I'm sure they went with a much Sean, so I'll, I'll, I'll watch it with you when the time comes during this podcast. I'm getting a little wide for stars, actually. I've, I just heard a click of another can. Is that like your fourth one of the podcast? That's <laughs> uh, just about number six, but uh, a couple of them. Yeah, have I was going to say, there's probably more than we, we know. I do feel sorry, Sean, because your, your prediction didn't come true, and mine did. That. <laughs> 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 I mu- I, as much as I'll take a bit of credit for getting a prediction correct, I'm on a roll. Yes, yeah. I would... and, and now we're moving on to the final third, aren't we, Nick? <laughs> we this are. This is your moment. This is your time to shine. Correct. So, Nick, correct. everybody, correct. ladies and gentlemen, fans of the Resident Evil podcast, Neptune, 
take mm. it away. Previous listeners of the podcast and perhaps on Discord would know my prediction was that the map that we see what we saw in the and the beta for Resistance was going to be in Resident Evil 3 um, and we knew from Resistance that there was already commented that there was a Nest 2 I just said well that's going to be it that 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 will be the end of the game and that will be the replacement for the Dead Factory and as Ian Malcolm says in Jurassic Park, God, I hate being right all the time. And <laughs> there we go. I would have much preferred Sean's prediction to have been correct. But I could see this coming a mile away simply because I felt that Resistance wasn't going, wasn't going to go to the effort of creating an entirely brand new map if they didn't have to. So, yeah, sadly. And, yeah. And yeah, ironically, Nick, no part of Resistance is in, is, is in Resident Evil 3. No. It, they share the same name, but the sections that you're given in Resistance aren't actually in Resident Evil 3. Not, so it's, not it's, quite, it's, no. It's sort of a hilarious blunder from yourself. Well done. <laughs> this, this this really angers me because, you know, the, the, the Dead Factory, it, there's so much canon and so much history. Oh, George. And, 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 and the, in the files and, and what we know is going on there and, and how this contribute to, to, to George uh, George how did you how, what, what did you think about how um, Remake 3 dealt with the um, Spec Ops versus Tyrants just excuse me sorry Remake 3 you know, uh, you know the, the, the big moment how did you feel about how um, it dealt the Remake 3 dealt with that massive lore background moment of Spec Ops versus Tyrant I'm, I'm not I haven't actually watched it I was going to oh of course yeah yeah you need to watch it live yeah yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's going to be uh, such a moment I can't wait for you George, to see it George hang on Sean sure, before you get too far, do you need to crack cans seven, eight, and nine as well? No, this, this, yeah, <laughs> I mean, this, this, this is the part. I'll, I'll be honest, guys. I'll let, to everyone listening at home, I've been dreading this next moment. <laughs> I've been dreading it. I've, I've been trying so hard to behave on the podcast of late. I, I, my emotions are going to run the better on me, I feel here. So I apologise in advance for how far shall, this goes. Shall we get George to watch this? Well, let's, 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 let's before we I'll get there. We, you. I've got it all on- right. We've got we've got oh, the load the, we've got the loading area. Thumbnail? Error. What the hell? No. What, what is the thumbnail, George? Why, why is Jill holding that <laughs> unit from from what's the in the the engineer spaceship in Prometheus in Alien? Oh no! It's a. Right, well, what the fuck is that? Let, let's, let's just let's let's we'll, we'll backtrack. We'll come to that shortly. We'll come to that because we've still got the kind of loading put that, car. Put that in area. your mind, though, George. Put that in your mind. <laughs> we've the got thumbnail the... itself is just nauseating. We've got the loading area, which Sean you had issues with because it's just the umbrella logo stamped yeah, all over the place. It, I mean, it, it, it's it's the Paul Anderson problem, isn't it? In that the world building in a Paul Anderson movie was literally put the umbrella logo on everything, and you've you've my, rec- for some reason recreated the Resident Evil universe cinematically. My favourite bit of exemplification towards that is literally part that you walk from the hospital, you unpick a lock for a door, you go through a couple of like furnace underground area kind of things and then you walk into this giant cavernous like garage and then you lower yourself down on a platform and then Jill goes oh I can't believe how the hospital workers wouldn't have known that this was here yeah it's at this point I have to ask myself how many fucking massive caverns are underneath Raccoon City like literally the entire city is just one massive sinkhole waiting to collapse surely Nest 2 felt bigger than Nest 1 yeah it did indeed yeah 
And the lift that Jill gets on at the end that we'll get to in a bit, it's just another massive chasm. It's yeah. a three-pillar one. There's a throw, almost a throwback. But we're building it up as being drab and whatnot. I, I, I didn't have a specific problem with it. There's nothing concrete with it. As a, as a specific location, it, it made sense, I suppose. Obviously, there were... It was just like a st- almost like a storage area. Again, Nick, this is kind of one of those things where if this was in another game, yeah. you would have been like, oh, it's a lab, cool. Oh, okay, this is a story. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not what you're expecting in this game, especially the remake, with what it's replacing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And especially with the lab. And again, I thought the lab was much better realised than Nest 1. It felt more labby, should we say. There was proper, like, stethoscopes, you know, microscopes and God knows what going on. Uh, We even had the nice survivor homage to the the, the tyrant plant. And that was a big tease, in my opinion. And we'll get to that when we get to the Nemesis fight. But I thought the whole, the actual aesthetics of the lab worked so much better the nest one no. it if it, it, it it felt lived in. It felt used. But I, I don't. I, I know. What, I know what you're going to say. But I'm going to go. I'm going to turn my attention to John and see what his views are on on, on Nest Two. I wouldn't have minded it. It was just the fact that it was so big. I just found it utterly ridiculous. Like Sean said, how many chasms are under Raccoon City? How many of these gargantuan facilities exist under this small midwestern town of a hundred thousand people? And of course, Nest One is directly under. Oh, pretty, yeah. pretty much directly under the RPD, isn't it? Give or take. And this one is well, you know, next next. Next to you know, ne- basically next door. I'm surprised it's not a connecting door. I mean, it makes sense in that the yeah they've, they've retrospectively changed the hospital to make it a dedicated un- umbrella facility in this one, the Spencer Memorial or whatever it's called, and to have the lab connected to that makes sense. But as you know, I like alien isolation, and and the layout of Nest Two is exactly the same as the medical wings on Sevastopol Station, and it just just took me out of the experience. It just felt like I was suddenly in a in a sci-fi film rather than a Resident Evil game. It's yeah. just it was just a bit bizarre the whole thing and just the sheer scope and size of it just really sort of killed it for me because it was just far far too unrealistic completely out of context isn't it With and, and then you match yeah. that with what the dead factory was doing to the story mm. and the dead factory was so important yes. wasn't it to the original law because Indeed, you had yeah. the tyrant plant and the, the delta force spec ops teams and the, you know the battle with the Paracelsus sword and, uh, <laughs> and I don't understand why they changed it it's not. It's not just the fact that they did, that they changed the railgun, um, and, and we're going to get to that because we were about to debut this with George. But it's also what the Dead Factory stood for, and the Dead Factory, the Dead Factory, in terms of law for me, was the crushing inevitability of what was going to happen with Resident, uh, with Raccoon City. Was yep. the fact that you read the files and you get the fact that the the sort of waste, you know, the bio- biological waste that yeah. the Dead Factory was producing was leading to an inevitability within Raccoon City. And I love the fact that, you know, no matter which way you look at it, whether it was fallout from the Spencer Mansion, whether it was too much, you know, too much waste coming out of the dead factory, Raccoon City was fucked long before yeah. the USS tried to seize the G-Virus from Birkin. And the dead factory is part of that law. You know, the, and and to just throw that away in the bin, and I, you know, and I know the Dead Factory in terms of like visuals is not interesting in a sense, and that's why I love it because it's just this backshot umbrella facility that even the people in the files muse is a is a shit place to work. Why are we fucking here? You know, uh, to just to just replace it with just another umbrella lab is just soulless. It's yeah. sterile. It's nonsense. Whereas the Dead Factory feels lived in. And and another thing, and we're only going to touch on this built point briefly, but 
why the fuck rename it to Raccoon Nuclear or whatever the fuck they call it if you're not going to use it in that context? It's just nonsense. It's, a, it's like it's a cover story, but then there's a point for the cover story, yeah. One file in that lab that I really liked that is the only one that reminds me of exactly about people, the environment they're working in. It's not the same concept because it's obviously not the same place, but it's the one where the research is regretting joining because of what they're doing yep. and them killing other researchers blatantly in front of them for doing stuff. And it was, I liked that. I was like, that's cool. This is the sort of tone that this used to have in this final part of the game, but about factory workers, you know, that were dealing with all this crap. I was about to say exactly the same point. That, that file is probably one of the better files in, in, in the game as well. I think he, he muses about it's good money, wasn't it? Highly unethical mm. what he's doing, but he's doing it for he's his, fa- family, his family. Uh, that, I, I like that. I like that file. But I think um, I was chatting to Sean when I was uh, playing for the first time. I was like, oh, I've just got to Nest 2. Oh, that's where the boss fight's going to be. <laughs> you could just oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. when you look at the map, you know, <laughs> see the big circular. And that, of course, that area replaces the, the rather intense claustrophobic battle that you have with Nemesis. Probably the hardest Nemesis battle, but certainly one of them in the games, where he's at peak mutation 2 form, isn't he? And he's, uh, you know, you've got all the waste pipes that you can use against him. That's quite a tough battle in the original game, providing you haven't got, like, your acid round, um, freeze rounds or whatnot. That's now replaced with the kind of repeat of the clock tower battle, where he's running around like a headless chicken again. Mm. Um, it's not <laughs> he's still got it at this point and this is what I'm going back to my point about the, su- the survivor nod with the tyrant plant you've got five tyrant po- well pods marked TO1 TO2 TO3 TO4 TO5 and I'm like ah here we go this is it. We've just seen loads, uh, you know, a line of tyrants in, the, and, and Jill's even commented, mm, "Tyrants." You're like, "Yes, tyrants." I get it. Come on, and nothing happens. I was expecting four Mister X, five Mister X's to suddenly come at me. Because uh, you know, you know what it is, don't you, Nick? What? It's the replacement of the survival law. Yes, this is where <laughs> the tyrants are made in yeah. the remake universe. But it is, it is, isn't it? I'm in this business to get paid. So let's make a deal. You go down there, battle the nemesis, and I'll record it all and sell the combat data. Put on a good show, and maybe I don't need the vaccine. Agreed? Good. (laughs) 
Even yeah. though is it, I thought Nest Two was a vaccine place. That's what they said in the file. This is what I mean. It's just nonsense. It's a number of things because there is one file that ties it to the Dead Factory. It calls it a disposal centre, doesn't it? The area of the battle. Yeah, but oh, I don't know. But yeah, that that <laughs> boss files. They they reject tyrants and they're holding them made somewhere else. There's no answers to that. They're just tyrants. They're just there. It doesn't explain that they're made there. It just they're just there. It's like the hunters. The hunters are there. Do they made there? Probably not. There's no implication that was the case. They're just there. But again, it's missing law, really, rather than. I, I think if we take a step back, though, I mean, I, I didn't actually mind it. As, I mean, Terrell meets his untimely demise there. I think, as we pointed out, quite why they didn't take out Jill at that point when she, he had the element of surprise. I don't know, but you know, that's just <laughs> typical movie slash gaming mechanics. But I didn't mind, as I, as I, as I said, I didn't mind. It. I thought it was probably one of the better realised Umbrella Labs in recent games. It felt like a proper lab that's just gone under. Whereas I think you'd say remake one because of the time difference. That was always that kind of dark and dingy, possibly borderline. Is you know, would, would people be working here? It seems a bit odd that people are working. Whereas this felt like an actual, an actual kind of worked workable lab. I think that was a good opportunity to hand over to George. So you've got the original. So as you know, the Spec Ops team, the Delta Force, whatever you want to call it, the Spec Ops. I, I call them Spec Ops. They are sent in to Raccoon to extract, on behalf of the government, Birkin and his G virus research. Sergei Vladimir, in retaliation, unleashes five tyrants upon them saving obviously the sixth for the RPD you get lovely background storytelling with the dead spec ops the dead tyrants and obviously the para, um, the Paracelsus sword is deployed as well to help the spec ops extract Birkin um, it leads to an absolutely wonderful set piece where Jill turns up and she has to plug in, plug in the batteries for the Paracelsus sword to fight a, at this point, headless nemesis where the parasite has totally taken over the body and it's just basically reverted to its instinct of killing stars so Jill is it's it, the only thing it knows is is killing Jill it's a wonderful set piece with glorious music everything like that George will you please now press play on the remake 3 cutscene that shows you all of what I've described in the remake 3 I'm watching it now <laughs> It's just, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Is that, I presume you that, that, that's some type of railgun that she, is a is that a portable railgun she's, what? Oh. There's nothing in this room. Obviously we're not going to get that line of, you know, you want stars, I'll give you stars, because you already had that about two hours too early. I, I'm surprised you're on the beers, Sean. I'd need something stronger. Come on. <laughs> oh my god! He shoved it in his mouth! It's not cool! My son thinks it's cool. Oh god. Oh, oh dear, oh dear. Oh, it's Resident Evil 4 all over again. Good riddance. You know, I appreciate the, the, the faithful recreation of inserting the batteries. That, that's, I mean, that reminded me more of Resident Evil Zero, the the, the Queen battle, than than the original of this. Um, yes, no, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, like I mean, like you said before, it's like as if Paul W S Anderson, you know, was given the was was given the task to to, to redesign this. Yeah, and I'm sure they thought that was, oh, you know, how clever of them to. Uh, it's just over the top. It's sort of senseless, and yeah, just. just doesn't do anything for the narrative. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, ha again, a game in 1999 with one small pre-rendered backdrop can 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 tell so much more of the story. And, yeah. and with this, it's just they've just gone for the sensationalist 
Oh, that's that's lamentable. That that whatever she's. What did you think about the tyrants and the spec ops, GT? Did you did you love how that story was told? I haven't seen any yet. <laughs> because they're not fucking there. <laughs> I just it's almost like my brain doesn't. Oh my god, George! This no. is the misstep so hard that I was telling you about. I don't even know where to begin with um, the final finale of remake three. And it's not just the fact that like lore is cut out like that. It's the fact that Jill becomes practically invincible by the end, which which goes against the sort of stuff. Uh, this is what I was saying earlier in the podcast when I was saying that, like, what Jill does at the end of this game by, like, wielding a super ridiculous railgun like that single-handedly, you know, undoes all the character work at the beginning of the beginning of the game. Of we also don't that. get the fact that the, ty- the, the nemesis is decapitated and the parasite takes over for the final fight. We don't get any of that. I'll be honest and- with you, I, I was just, when I saw that thumbnail, I, I generally that it was someone like a clickbait type video had mocked yeah. that thumbnail up. It's, it, it, it turns the final fight into a Metal Gear Solid cutscene, which which is just totally against the sort of realism angle that this remake is pushing for. And, you know, if this sequence had turned up at the end of Resident Evil 6, for example, like like if this was Ustanak, let's say, and this was Jake and Sherry wielding a railgun like that, I'd have been like, I don't, I don't even care because that fits with the tone of the sort of angle that Resident Evil 6 was playing for. Resident Evil 6, from the get-go, plays this kind of hyper-real, stupid, stupid angle of, like, fantastical storytelling. But the remake timeline, and this is what I was saying earlier, is trying to be more grounded and more realistic. And it just, in a single sequence, just takes everything that is built up from remake 2 and 3 and just literally throws it all in the fucking bin. And I, I'm literally at a loss. Even though I've been rambling like fuck for, like, three minutes now, I literally am at a loss to describe truly how I feel about what they've done with this no, game. No, you're right. It's just like a tabloid ending. This, this, this tabloid <laughs> ending. <laughs> I think what makes it work, I mean, I, I just don't think it's a particularly exciting boss fight either. It's just a case of, you know, look out for the blobs. It's a bit like kind of the uh, Ouroboros array. Yeah, shoot, 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 shoot the targets. Uh, it, it's not very mobile. Mostly just going to swing arms. You can dodge them. You can try to dodge them and then push the batteries and in time. Well, you know, do it three times. Yeah. I, Sean, you made a comment literally the other day when we were chatting that I think is even is even bigger bigger of a crime. We're not. I'm not going to compare it to the loss of what you were lamenting. But you made a valid point about Jill, which is by the end of the battle in the original, she is exhausted. She she's is, yeah. yeah. She she's, is limping. She's like literally down to last. She's fought a, a, the the hardest battle she's it, it, ever fought, irrespective and of that condition. Doesn't feel like this here. It's yeah, it, irrespective of condition. The original Resident Evil Three, even if you are on fine and you've done the entire final fight unhurt, she still limps in the final cutscene as she makes her way to the to oh, the yeah. door. Yeah. And then she rolls and grabs the the gun and delivers the kiss offline to the end. Yeah, it's a cathartic moment, isn't it? And doesn't it, this make the beginning of the game in in, in her, all the, the hard work they had done in in Jill's apartment that we were talking at the beginning of this podcast? It it, it, it that almost feels like a different game. Yeah, 
It, it truly does. And, and like I said, and like, like Rob's just kindly reminded me, that moment where she's limping to the elevator door, and like I say, watch it again. Even if you're on fine, she will limp in that cutscene, even with the rocket launcher in her hand that you just used to finish him off with the railgun. And then she grabs the magnum, and it's like she gets a moment, a final moment of strength, and she almost does like an awesome sort of Robocop walk where she's not even like flinching as she buys this fucking magnum into the nemesis one last time it's a hugely cathartic moment for the player for you know if you're playing this for story this is a big moment because she's she's almost like putting her nightmare to rest and in this game it's just a punchline where she shoves the uh, you know and the railgun's called the finger so you could say she's giving Nemesis the finger. Essentially, <laughs> and it's an umbrella-developed weapon too. <laughs> yeah, it has nothing to do with the Spec Ops or the government or anything. Oh, no. Hang on, the, 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 just just wait, please, just one moment. Thank you. <laughs> do you the, the, Sean, the word the word you're looking for when you're comparing the start of this and to the end is tone deaf. Yeah, it's, 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 it's absolutely it's right. It's a tone. It's a tone deaf ending compared to how and, it's set up at the start. And, and the thing is, Rob, like you know, you speak in this sort of cinematic language, like I like to. Resident Evil is is not a series that traditionally juggles with tone anyway like i can't think you know i'm very cinematically minded when i watch a movie i can't really think like resident evil games on a whole dabble with tone too much but these remakes two two and three in particular have tried to go for a very dark very serious tone so to have a rolling charlie head or jill wield a fucking railgun three times the size of her it jars because it stands out so much you know, and, and this is why it just doesn't work. Think, and, like, let's let's rewind this remake too, and they're talking about oh, well, we weren't really sure about keeping the the giant alligator in because you know it didn't. We're not keeping a realistic tone. We're trying to keep this a little bit more grounded, so we had to kind of work on how it might work as a gameplay element and where it actually made sense. And they did the same with the ivies. They made them into like zombie plants, kind of thing, like hybrid rather than having them that were original and you kind of go okay yeah cool that's interesting you've gone with this realistic tone and you're actually crafting an idea around this that actually makes sense and three sits in that same pantheon at the start it has that very realistic tone and going for a bleaker darker outlook on things and the characters react more accordingly to situations and between each other and so forth a little bit more but then three veers off that quite a lot and then yeah by the last part of the game it's it's a completely it's like someone else directed the last part of the game yeah i didn't and, talk to the person who did the first and, half and three quarters of the game do you think this could be a side effect then that it was worked on like by three different production teams mm, it's possible but you'd still think that there's a narrative a producer and a director that's still supposed to keep a tonal consistency yeah, that's true yeah you know they're, they're the ones demanding and requesting that it, work so it's true it's, it's amazing that you can literally read an interview where they said oh you know we redressed we, we redressed like jill and claire to make them feel more like realistic female heroes and yet you do have jill doing what she does at the end of remake three and george your reaction was absolutely perfect thank you it was everything that i hoped it would be <laughs> i mean we're laughing about it but actually i don't want to bring the podcast down too much but you know when you honestly i mean listening to, to stars there's a bit of sadness because you know for all of us what, what that those originals meant to us and and you know what, what what this has done but all i can say on a more positive note is i mean one of the first things i i, I will play the original and, and and watch um and watch stars stream the uh hd seamless project of, of resident evil 3 
Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've done it as well. And George, you know, don't think we finished for, with you for a fucking time yet because you haven't seen how the remake three deals with Barry. <laughs> And George, Nikolai still got some story to tell yet. So, you know, you think that's as bad as it gets. Fucking hell. You just yeah, hold on, sir. You Mr. hold on Mor- tight. Before this, before this devolves <laughs> any further, I'm going to say this. Probably people out there going, oh my God, yes. Exactly like you said at the start. It's just negative, negative. People need to think about the fact that the reason why we are sitting here talking 60-something episodes realistically in is because we are passionate about this franchise. We love the things it does right, and we, uh, uh, you know, we have obviously opinions about what it does wrong. We do it because we care about what we want to see this franchise achieve, and we see the good things that are in this game. And there are lots of good things, and I know we've seemed to have failed to talk about a lot of the good things, but there are lots of good things. The problem is, as I said, the disappointment that when these things do not meet up and this final part of the game clearly for people like Sean especially <laughs> is a real massive disappointment and is, you know I, I can get the understanding of how disappointing the score the scores have been so mixed and comments online are so polarised and you know it's because of this and I think it's important you've actually said that Rob because I, I do want to take a moment to just say that like you know, and and for all the booze that I've had tonight, I want everyone to know I'm being purely sincere here. That you know, I am. I know I'm regarded in the lack of, in the absence of Mr. Spencer. I know I'm regarded as the negative voice on the podcast. But believe me, I celebrate all the lows as well. You know, I'm the one in this team that can find true merit in Resident Evil Six. You know, I I, I truly love playing that game for all of its flaws. And believe me, it's trash, but I love it. You know, it's a glorious sort of enjoyment that i have i love resident evil 7 i will sing that game to the heavens i love resident evil 7 so much I found merit in resident evil 2 remake as much as i found it was a, a poor remake i think it was a sensational modern re- resident evil experience i think remake 3 is a really good modern resident evil experience the dodge mechanic i think is absolutely wonderful but as a remake it falls even harder than Resident Evil 2 does. It has higher highs than the Resident Evil 2 remake, but it has lower lows, and that's where I I come into this problem. So please, don't just think I trash this franchise. I celebrate a lot of it. It, it, I think you're too hard on yourself, Dossie. It's not negativity, because you're you're not trashing, because you're coming to of just love and appreciation for the original. And, but I've, I've seen how that, that translates to people on the internet, and I know I, I, I appreciate that sometimes I, we come across as a little bit negative on this podcast, and we don't mean to. It's exactly what Rob's just said. It comes from a place of passion more than it, it does criticism. Because I interrupted Rumby before, just because I really wanted to know. Sorry, Rumby. So it is Barry in the <laughs> Oh, maybe just, do you want to just leave me to find we'll, out for myself? We'll, we'll, we'll get to this in a second because I know the guy. <laughs> no, I just got to say one last thing about this thing. It's interesting because I think over the last, it's been just over a week since the game came out, and it's been really interesting seeing the reactions, not just to the game, but like there's been a lot of, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a lot of comments in like Facebook fan communities and online in general about the franchise as a whole and which games are good and which ones are, are not good. 
and I've seen people going, oh, four was when it all went wrong with the action games, and then seven was terrible. I hated seven, and then someone else is like, I love seven. Seven's amazing. And someone else is like, four was great. What the hell are you talking about? And like, there's all this back and forth, and it's been really, really polarizing. Like watching all this over the last little while, and it seems to be more now than anything. And it's like three is like this this mess of what it is has kind of kicked this off. Like, what is a Resident Evil game? What isn't a Resident Evil game? Is it action? Is it not action? And I go back to exactly what I've said to you guys so many times before, which is that this franchise doesn't know what it is anymore. It hasn't for a long time. It's everything to everyone and mm. nothing to no one all at yeah. once. Like, is it third that. person, first person? Is it action? Is it horror? Is it item management? Is it puzzles? Is it, or is it none of those things? Like, what is it? What mm. is Resident Evil anymore? And uh, the problem is Capcom doesn't know. They have they try and make these games that have got to appeal to as much of the fan base as possible, and yet sometimes it ends up polarizing and, and opposing and doing stuff that you don't expect. And mm. it's great when people make these chances to do something interesting and different. And there's definitely some, as we said, high highs in this. There's some things that they've tried to do that are really interesting and really cool. And there's bits that they're not. But but what we're saying that we didn't enjoy, maybe someone else will. Maybe someone else loved the end of the game and loved Jill giving Nemesis the finger and, you know, like just thought that was that was the best thing that happened in the game. And we were like, why? Why does that make sense? But because they they love Resident Evil 6. Like 6 is their favorite game, you know. Um, and they love the action elements and they love this hyper real. And, you know, I think that's a big issue in the franchise right now still. And I've been saying this for years and it still is, still hasn't changed. I think yeah. a lot of the criticism, though, would come on this game is that because it's a remake, you have to compare. So some people may say, "Oh, perhaps being a bit overcritical because you're, you know, over it because it doesn't do everything you wanted it to do or what it did." But it is a remake uh, slash a reimagining, so you inevitably have to compare it. So I go back to yeah. previous points. If this was, you know, a story of character X doing this with a nemesis instead of Jill, you know. It, it wouldn't have arguably what? a bit of the baggage that, yeah. uh, that 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 it has. So you you do say, well, the clock tower bit's rubbish because it wasn't as good as the clock tower mm. in Resident Evil Three. It's like, well, you go, well, that's not fair because the clock tower itself was was wasn't too the, bad. It's like, yeah, but it you've got to compare it to 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 what um, to what the game is based on. Uh, can I just I, uh, we've we've been ranting you, but <laughs> Nick and George is kind of wanting to know about Barry and I'm leaving on tender hooks right now um, <laughs> John what's your thoughts you haven't seen anything and I'm really yeah I'm curious through all this like obviously you've been listening to us ramble on about what we therapy. think <laughs> oh, I'm the same as you I'm, I'm really annoyed that we've lost the dead factory in the park and the tyrants and the spec ops and all I just don't see why they've changed it so radically I just don't see the point because what what they've changed it to certainly isn't better by any regard. Um, yeah, it's just like I said. I've only played the game twice. I still I cannot decide where it sits for me. But <laughs> the second the second half of the game just went completely off the rails. Really, in terms of the changes, bloody hell. Let's talk about the ending then before wrapping up very briefly. The um, or a GT has a has a has a seizure or a fit or a yeah. or something. I mean, one of one of the best things about the ending of Resident Evil Three was the the tragic beauty of the of the nuclear bomb going off. The the music, the um, the, the, the the correspondent saying, you know, dramatic turn of events, you know, and that kind of thing, and then just just. No, no, I'm just I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump in, and also the fact that there was two endings potential. 
To, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't ruin it for Joe. He, he can find out in his own yeah. time and and so forth. But it's you know, it's seeing the RPD, for example, just go up in seconds. You've spent so long in there, both Jill and Leon and Claire, and it's just gone like that. And it's just like you know, you see the zombies perish and anything in the street, and it's just so hauntingly beautiful, but horrific at the same time because it's a you know, it's basically a nuclear bomb going off and all that is gone you don't you don't even see it. it's just a little just a little blip it's a, it's a what it's a wide shot and then the the blast goes up and in, in some of the distance i think i think part of the problem i i've thought of is going going back to iconography and what's important is that rpd side if they put a shot of the rpd and you could kind of almost understand because as you see directly yeah. naked it's important to resident Evil 2 and in person 3 but they didn't set a massive amount of iconography as far as locations and buildings and stuff like they did in the original Resident Evil 3 against the stuff that you see blowing up, which is city streets like the ones you explored, the clock tower, which obviously you explored, and the RPD, which you explored. Whereas there isn't really thought of units. There's no, you can't see the head of Toy Uncle flying off because it's already done that. You can't, uh, you know, what, what the, the power building that you already kind of destroyed the nest in, well, that's not going to look very cinematic. It's not going to look very impressive being destroyed in this blast. Um, the clock tower, sure, you saw the outside of it, but would you recognize it? It's not a major location. The hospital, unlike the one in the original game, does not get blown up, so it's there. But again, you haven't really seen the outside of it. So, no, what it, what would these shots tell you? There's no tangible connection because they haven't made those connections with you. So you've got nothing to feel about them because you haven't seen them. You know, you asked Nick, what do people want from this game in the last podcast? And I said, I just want a reconnection with emotion. And this game was, at, at times it had it, but when it needed to the most, which was things like the ending, it just didn't have it at all. You know, and and the raccoon bombing should be, you know, when you actually play a chronological playthrough, as 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 John and I did a few years ago, Raccoon City is the hub. It's the central moment. It's the it's the factor that everything before it is building up to, and everything after it is defined by. You know, even as far as like the events of Resident Evil Six are defined by decisions made by the president regarding Raccoon City. You know it's such a pivotal moment and so when the when the bomb is dropped in resident evil 3 and even though obviously the law the weird sort of law breaky moment with outbreak it's still played as an emotional moment in outbreak you know there's some really key emotional moments when they decide to do it in outbreak as well so to just see remake 3 just to just do it as like a two-shot thing oh look a bomb's gone off oh oh look here it is wiping out the city streets Jill says, "By RC, and that's it. If you were doing a, if you were doing a law playthrough, this moment would not be pivotal. Whereas it is in the original Resident Evil Three. You know, this is a defining moment of this series. It just feels a bit rushed. I mean, you have got the whole sequence with Nikolai at the end. Like, I, I don't think it added anything particularly. Um, whether Nikolai survives or not." remains to be seen. I'm just not getting invested in that particular storyline at the moment for for the kind of canon reasons. Who knows whether he survived, whether it's even worth wondering about whether he betrayed Umbrella. I find it all a bit, you know, I might care if we get some form of official announcement as to whether we should be caring at the moment. It's all a bit up in the air in my opinion, so... No, I just found the ending. Uh, is I think my first reaction. Oh, is that it? You know, it was it was all it's very rushed. It's all very rushed, wasn't it? But again, it's like it's like the whole the whole game. 
<laughs> like tonally it makes sense consistently to the game which is that it's all very rushed yeah. the, the pacing of the game is everything but faster shorter quicker for the most part barring a couple of segments yeah so i guess the ending is consistent consistent yeah so I, I, i'll take that point i'll take that point um does anyone have any final thoughts before we wrap up with um final what well, final thoughts uh i, at, I, I, at I was just gonna say we we we, we not to spoil it, but uh, if if people play the last bit of the end and you are you're required to do one last thing uh, in regards to Nikolai, yes. uh, I highly recommend not doing that thing and seeing the opposite outcome. It's very entertaining. It is it's very entertaining. Yeah. Cool. Yes, it's very entertaining. If you don't mind Sacro having another death by your name, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. you know what? Yes. For the remake timeline, I'm all up for it. It's you! Shoot him! I can't. I'll hit you. Do it! You have to. There's no other way. Carlos! No! <laughs> Knew you couldn't pull the trigger. <laughs> Let Nikolai be the the ending of the remake timeline. <laughs> so, I'm going to start with some final thoughts on it. I, regardless of the, the the pedantic nature that we are, because we're fans, it's a it's a really really fun game, and I, I mentioned it on some Discord, you know, um, on Discord channels. It's it's good fun. You can you can zip through it hundred miles an hour, and in a, in, a, in a different world and a different Resident Evil game, it would have been it, it's great. Um, it, it's far too long to be a DLC because I know that was something that was touted later on. It should be a separate game, but the problem is is that you have to compare it to the source material, and because even though Resident Evil Three re, uh, original is is a bit more action packed, it's a bit more um, fast paced. You still have the time um, to explore you know get to know your surroundings uh, and benefit from that environmental storytelling that we also love which is part of the part of the series and remake 3 does do that but at such small times like the hospital i think is is, is a prime example and i just wish i just wish there's more of it more time to chill out and have a good look around you can do it at downtown but it, it needed to be twice the size um i just if they just applied what they did to the hospital to the entire game, we we would be in a much much stronger position. But I no, did no, it like. Funny, it. sorry, I'm just going to interrupt. It's funny you say it needs to be twice as size because the original had a downtown and an uptown. It did. There we go. Exactly. Like that's yeah. like if they just stayed with a downtown and an uptown, like that's twice the amount. Like yeah. Eh. But I did like it, and I, I don't have a huge. Pro- as, I said, as I said, I don't have a huge problem with Ness too. I mean, I hate the idea of Ness, but you know that that that's a very pedantic point. The actual lab area I found quite exciting, um, but the the lows which we've discussed are too low, whereas the highs uh, and and the highs are positive. The, the characterization is probably the best characterization of any game ever made, and I think that's my defining point. So so yeah, mixed mixed bag, but generally a good replayable game batman it's pretty similar i thought it was a very fun game to play i really enjoyed it i think nemesis is the biggest misstep of all i think nemesis was badly mishandled in this game i mean it's pretty clear why they took his name off the title in the end disappointing again that there was just the game just seemed to be one set piece after another and there was just that one 
little free roaming area. I think, like Rob just said, we could have done with a, an uptown to go with the downtown. I think I would have cut out the uh, the scripted sequence where you're running up the construction tower and that, that boss fight on the roof. I think I would have swapped that for another sort of uptown area where Nemesis was more of a an unscripted pursuer like he was in the original game. I just think we needed another section like that at least. But I enjoyed some areas. I did enjoy the power station. I enjoyed the RPD. I enjoyed the hospital. Even though I've said in previous podcasts I wanted them to embrace the changes, I just think they went a little bit too far with Nest 2 and how big in science fiction it was. And I do think I enjoyed some of the lore changes. I enjoy. I think the files were a lot better in this game, a lot more detailed. But I didn't like some of the changes. Um, I didn't like the way they've just ignored the events of Outbreak, although I thought we... I think we all pretty much expected that was going to happen. The characters were good. The sound design was good. The graphics are excellent. And it is a fun game to play, but I think it fails as a remake, just like the Resident Evil 2 remake did. I prefer the originals, but I'll still play these loads. So another mixed bag for me. I'd probably give it something like a 7 out of 10. Yeah, uh, in terms of score, that would be my that would be, uh, be my exact score as well. Uh, George Trevor? I mean, this game sh- shouldn't have been weighed down by its source material, by the original, you know, it's that as a foundation to build upon. And, you know, it's not our negativity that, that the point, I think it, it's the, it's the fact that like I can say it, it feels weighed down by the fact, by, by its, its misses, you know, it, it's unforgivable, not just that it, it didn't include the dead factory, but the fact that what it replaced it with is just so bland. And you, and, uh, you know, we said, if, I don't want to keep dwelling on this point, but you just look what the dead factory did to, does to the canon, what it did to the, just, in isolation that that one game but then the games that came before and after it and and, and what do we get you know like just like you say just a paul ws anderson environment with with umbrella logo stuck all over it as if that's all it needed i think that's just throughout the game you know you you scratch it you know scratch the surface and, and there's very little it's, it's a very i think it's very superficial uh there are bits about it that i liked that they improved upon you know the files but that word scripted a lot of this feels you know i don't know if this is modern gaming now but a lot of it does feel very scripted e- even the beginning a lot of the time when I was being pursued by Nemesis, I was I was unsure as to whether it was actually a cutscene or whether it was gameplay that was on the rails. Yeah, taken in isolation, there are parts of this game that I, I, I gameplay that I really did enjoy. But I can't, you can't take it in isolation. You've got to look at, at what it is. It, it, it's a remake on an original, and in, in so many areas, it, it, it failed to live up to that original score. In isolation, I would have given it quite easily a ten. But I think in terms of of what of that source material and that foundation and what it what it could have done, I'd give it six out of ten. Okay, uh, Rob. Uh, again, it goes back to what I said right at the start. I'm, uh, you know, which I should have said right in my original spiel. I've, I don't think I felt so conflicted about a game for a long time, and it's it's a weird feeling. I don't. I'm usually pretty decisive, and I'm, and I, and as Sean pointed out, I'm usually when this people can usually find. The positives and things, um, you know, I'll see what's negative, but I'll. It's much easier to kind of be play devil's advocate for me and like think about it. But I really struggled with this. I really have. It, it was. It was sitting there afterwards, just going, okay, that that last bit was really what pushed me over the edge. But you know, there's been a lot of things throughout the game that have been bugging me, and and the pace, the tone uh, shifts, the 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 characterization was so good, and yet they were so rushed at, at trying to pigeonhole people it's it's like for every good decision there's a, a an, an opposite negative decision and they constantly cancel each other out and so then by the time you get to the end of it you don't know what you think at all it's like what john's saying as well it's like what what do i feel about this because i don't 
no, I'm so conflicted about it all. On a, on a much like GT's just said as well, if this was a, a wholly self-contained game, new series item, I would have been like, yeah, great, because I enjoyed the gameplay. I think the dodge is fun. Like, I think on a on a technical level, it works. Uh, visually, it it's great. The sound is good. The voice acting is great. The the hearts that make a game a game all come together to make an actual gameplay experience it's just the the concepts around it the story the lore the pace the tone those things are the things that let it down and then you add the elements of the remake if it's a remake on top and you get disappointed at what's been done and what's missing and what has been achieved and yeah it's, it's such a conflicting thing I, I honestly still now i'm trying to th- struggle to put it all into a, a, a semblance of a statement that I can go, this is my overall feeling about it. And even to say I'll give it a score, it's like, wow, this is like a six or a seven maybe, but that's probably maybe this is high. Is it more like a five? No, that seems too low. I don't even know what I would say. Uh, it's in that range, but I don't think I've even made a decision. I'm usually never like that. I can usually say, yep, I enjoyed that, or no, I didn't. And I feel both. I didn't enjoy it, and I did enjoy it. Entire, entirely different reasons. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> does. We'll end with you. <laughs> Nicholas, let me tell you. I enjoy playing this game. And in the in you know in the stream I did earlier in the week and the replays I've done since I played it, I, I do seriously enjoy it. I think the dodge mechanic adds a level of gameplay that I really kind of love people listening. I do thoroughly enjoy playing this game as much as I hate replaying it. The problem is I have with these remakes is they are soulless, truly, truly soulless affairs of games that are truly, honestly passionate for me. You know, I, it, it's bad enough that I had to sit through the um, USS versus Birkin sequence in remake to basically be realized as a found footage movie it's it's just terrible so to see like emotional moments in resident evil 3 be detailed as they are in the remake is you know it's just all the more tragic it, it's, it's not a game i find emotionally investing uh but but yeah i enjoy playing it it's a great gameplay experience if, if you could take the characters and and throw them away and introduce new characters take this gameplay take this world take take everything about it and make it like revelations 3 I would I'd be all over it in terms of how it plays because it genuinely plays brilliantly. As a remake, I find it absolutely horrible. Horrible for the things it's decided to throw away. You know, let this be a lead into the canon episode. If you thought the canon was a mess after remake two, no, it's only further ruined through what remake three does. This is gonna be a debate that's going to rage despite what the likes of Peter Fabiano want to tell us. This is going to be a thing that will last an endeavor for a long time, and it, and it's not good, you know. And when you've got Batman, who's just produced a three thousand page timeline of this series, the fact that something like this can come along and endanger that canon, that that you know rigid law that he's built, that we've all sort of you know had our own little part in telling as fans, and you know you know and all that. It's a worrying time, and and you know, and I I did that diagram, I did that branching timelines. Here on the left, we have the OG timeline. On the right, we have the remake timeline, and I actually think that's going to be the reality now. And I wish it wasn't. I wish I could take Fabiano's comments about how both could coexist, but I don't think they can because there's just too many changes. There's too many problems that this remake recreates. 
school. I'll summarise now. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to ramble much longer. I will just say that I think I gave Remake 2 a 9 or an 8 out of 10. I can't quite remember. Someone will correct me. I will give this a 7. What? But, but I, will, I will replay it more than Remake 2 because I enjoy playing it more. It's a Remake fun game. Remake 3. Remake 3, Remake 3 is it has higher highs but it has lower lows. Yeah. It's a so, fun game and at the end of the day it's a game. I'll give it a 7 out of 10 and um, well there we go chaps we have rambled on for far too long as we always do but that's good I hope everyone has enjoyed it we've had uh, a huge amount of call-ins um, but we are going to be doing a special community podcast an episode 60.5 so where you guys will call in and we'll listen to your comments and we'll comment accordingly so we hope to record that fairly expeditiously but that does finish our remake 3 discussion on on the game itself we'll tentatively start it with the with the canon side of things which will be in a future podcast but on that note we will briefly and I'll finish off with a remake 3 edition of Neptune's Biohazard Quiz for the past 8 years and 5 seasons we have brought you groundbreaking lore in-depth analysis game reviews and high quality content We've also brought you untold controversies and countless tales of underhand tactics, all in aid of the quiz. Uh, I'd just like to announce everybody that uh, this is zero points for me this week, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> so my nomination person said seven, but I didn't agree with seven and I said it was 17 and then you said it was 17. I didn't want people to think I'm cheating by just saying the same number that someone else has said so I just, just the next number that sounds similar to 717. I swear I did not cheat yo! Jesus what? Christ. What <laughs> question is that? Quite frankly if, if we only got one point and that's the winning score then we're not doing our jobs right and we're all going to have to hand in our biohazard cards <laughs> Welcome to Neptune's Biohazard Quiz Batman Star Tyrants George Trevor So welcome one and all, welcome, it's our Remake 3 quiz, I hope everyone was paying attention. Actually, uh, we've got a, a varied bag, we've had a couple of qu um, questions that have come in from, from the public, which is always nice, I always appreciate that, so if everyone can clear their desktop. Question, <laughs> question number one, he's been mentioned earlier, what is the name of the umbrella employee shown in the opening sequence advertising the company? <laughs> Jesus. That is tough, but there's, there's a lot of easier ones, actually. Is this the hardest question, is it? I think that's probably the hardest question. <laughs> if I say Wayne Lee, am I wrong? 
<laughs> I'm not saying nothing. Question number two. What is the name of the tea slash coffee shop in Raccoon City? Oh, uh, yeah. Question number three comes in from Aaron Z on our Discord. It's a timeline question. On what date was the banquet that Dr. Bard attended? <laughs> yes. I forgot about that fire. That fire was creepy as hell. He likes brunettes. He likes brunettes, yeah. <laughs> Hiring the prostitutes. Yeah. My favourite file in the game, that one. I thought that was really good. <laughs> So what date uh, did that banquet happen? Question number four comes in from Ploppy54. This is actually a tricky question. There is a popular book that can be seen on bookshelves in Remake 2, Remake 3, and Resident Evil 7. What is the name of that book? And finally, question number five. In Remake 3, on what day is Raccoon City destroyed? (laughs) Excellent. So there are the five questions. Join us after this one. We'll run through those answers. I'm Albert Wesker with a public service announcement. The world is dealing with a once in a century viral outbreak created by nature. Yes, nature. Now you're all in lockdown. When you do go out, you're under advisement to wear face masks. And I thought I should offer you some advice. Most of you are pathetic when it comes to making your own face coverings. You're using your parents' old Aerosmith concert scarf merch. Even Chris Redfield knows that's stupid. Using your parents' old Aerosmith concert scarf merch? Even I know that's stupid. Ugh, no charisma. What you need to do is go to the CDC website and follow their guidelines on how to make your own. Or step it up with a Claire Redfield mask. Want to be really safe? Get all lupo on people's asses. And for you good little soldiers, the Umbrella Protocol works quite well. My personal favorite is using a flying alien over it. Mm, Yes. I understand many of you struggle with social distancing and being in lockdown. Try healing from two Hellfire missiles to your face while locked down in a m***ing volcano for 11 years. Just explore your hobbies. Work out and get a hard body. Indulge your fantasy life. I know I have. Huh? Not that! I was thinking more about a Jill sandwich. Shut up, old man! So, welcome back, one and all. Question number one, what is the name of the Umbrella employee shown at the opening sequence? Start with Stars Tyrant. Um, I I said Wayne Lee. Even though I knew it was wrong, I just thought it would be a glorious mistake to make. Dr. Wayne Lee, okay. Uh, Dr. Wayne Lee. George Trevor? I've got got no idea. No idea. idea. Batman? got no idea either. I'm going to say Dr. Carlisle, but I don't think it is. (laughs) Dr. Carlisle, okay. He's mentioned in a file, but I don't think it's him. Uh, Rombi? I don't know the last name, but I know it's Dr. Matt something. Dr. Matt Gorkis. So um, I'm going to give half a half a point there to Rob. Very good, very good. Do you want, do you want to know why I remember this? Paul Bloody W.S. Anderson. Because <laughs> it's Matt. Matt's the nemesis. Standard, of course. Rob. <laughs> you, don't, you don't usually admit to these kind of things. I know. I thought it was because it was like a Paul W.S. Anderson opening stuck in my head I was it's... like oh, it's Dr. Matt 
Question number two, what was the name of the tea and coffee shop in Raccoon City? Batman. Sigourney. Sigourney, okay. George Trevor? Yeah, well, I'd Sigourney's one of the first things I saw is Jules' apartment. Okay, uh, Stars Tyrant? Sigourney. And Romby? Yeah, Sigourney's. Yes, it's points for everyone. Well done, that was a good one, very good. Okay, question number three was uh, the timeline question, what date was the banquet with Dr. Bard? I'm going to assume Batman knows it, so we'll start with Romby this time. I can't remember. It was upcoming. It was, I want to say, like October 15th or something like that. And it was upcoming in the next weeks after the events. Okay. Uh, George Trevor? Well, I don't know. I, I've got no idea, but I was just back to that thing on uh, we'll, we'll celebrate a party at Bar Jack. Oh, no, because it's going to take place beforehand. So I, I meant uh, oh, 27th of. September. 27th September. Star's turn. I've written September 30th, but I, I know it's wrong. September 30th. Batman? September 10th. Is correct. September the 10th is the answer. Very good. Very good. Batman brings... So it's, so it's already happened, has it? Oh, so it already happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Already Michael Warren was there. Ah, the sly bastard. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, Michael Warren. Yeah. Question number four: What is the name of the popular book that's seen in remake two, three, and Resident Evil seven? Mm. Mm. I know this girl pointed it out. Oh, did you? Oh, very good. Okay, yeah, we'll stream. Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, start with George in for this one. Well, I, w- I was looking at the bookshelves actually, funny enough to see, and I couldn't find any. I'm gonna go on the only one to remember Castle. There was, oh, there's a book about. There was one thing in Jill's apartment, but I think it was just a re- um about sort of self defense or something about how to teach yourself some sort of combat thing. Um, I'm just gonna say Castle because that's the book that's in. RE7. Castle, okay. Romby? No idea. Batman? Called They Killed Him. They Killed Him, okay. Stars aren't. Isn't it unnerving combat? Oh, that's what I was thinking of. It's points to Batman, it is They Killed Him. Very you good. serious? Yeah. No. <laughs> God. That's the answer I've got. You can take out with Ploppy 54. There, there could be some more. Uh, right, check that. I'm sure, no, no, I'm sure Nerving Combat is in all three. <laughs> yeah, there's several books from Seven that are in all three games. Is that okay? Well, I'll let everyone can yeah, do a bit of research. Re- reuse the uh, uh, texture element from the R screen. Right, I need to check this out, Nick. I'm not having that. <laughs> that's fine. No, that's fine. You do a bit of research. But, uh, we... Fucking hell. I tell you what, if I'd said Caliban Cove, you just said it would be in every fucking game in the series, <laughs> wouldn't you? <laughs> Oh my god, this fucking quiz it ruins me. Question five. Everyone should get points here. What is the date that Raccoon City is destroyed in Remake 3? George Trevor? October the 1st. <laughs> you see how you're going with October the 1st? <laughs> the, the hesitation is absolutely glorious. Thank you, George. <laughs> you have to remember, he, he has to take a line out of West Gamers and maybe question the nature of my... <laughs> I mean, I can't change it now because I was going to then change it to 30th of September because of your reaction, but no, I'll stick with my original. Romby? No, October 1st. Does that... uh, is it October 1st? I will find that, Batman. October 1st. It is October 1st. That's nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hesitating, it's funny and it's sad at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I put it in. That's why I put it in. Are we getting you? Is unrelenting? Is that a reused? Unnerving combat. I need, I need to check it. I can't check it now. I need to go into game. Okay, fine. I'll tell you what. You can have it. I, 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 I just... no, no, because no, because you, you, you're making me question myself now. Okay, well, if you're right, we can add it to your, to your score next time. So there we go. Let's have a look at the final scores. So the winner this time it's Batman with four out of five so congratulations Batman in second place is Romby with two and a half and 
and in third place, joint third place, it's George Trevor and Stars Tyrant with two. Mm. Congr- so well done, everyone. Join us next time when we'll have some more questions. There we go, ladies and gents, A uh, another lengthy podcast for you, but we hope you've all enjoyed it. Nice little uh, bit of light relief at the end. We really appreciate everyone's call in as well, and so, as I said earlier, next podcast we're just going to have a community one uh, where we get to listen to all your lovely feedback. So if you send any uh, mp3s to our email address which is team at residentevilpodcast.com send them in and i will get them all ready and then you'll be on the next podcast we've had about eight so far which is pretty good five minutes long each please uh, stick it keep them at five minutes then we can get as many people in as possible and, and make sure they don't have any random obscure background noises or that that would be like george yeah try not to try not to. <laughs> three, over three hours it is one minute left you did re- you had done really well on this episode to like mute your mic and it was like yeah. the bells in you're like i'm gonna stop you know like you've been really good and then that dog dog head, 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 head. <laughs> so on that note thank you everyone for listening we hope you enjoyed it it is goodbye for me neptune goodbye from me Batman. goodbye from me rombie goodbye for me uh, a very confused george trevor and goodbye from me stars tyrant ah.